sanctions on Moscow. More from Gary O'Donoghue. Downing Street is clearly frustrated at the lack of appetite among other EU countries for expanding sanctions. Nevertheless, David Cameron has made it clear he will press for more people to be listed for travel bans and asset freezes. But Mr Cameron wants the action to go even further, including bans on companies and possibly banks that facilitate the continuing conflict in Ukraine. Other sectors, such as energy, could form part of the discussion, though Germany, which is more dependent on gas imports from Russia, is thought to be resistant. Hospitals in Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire are failing to meet their targets for waiting times in accident and emergency. Figures for the previous month show that too many people were waiting longer than four hours at Stoke Mandeville and Bedford hospitals. The United Nations Security Council has called for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. More than 100 Palestinians, mainly civilians, died in violence yesterday. Israel says 13 of its soldiers were killed. Police in Chesham are hunting a man who sexually assaulted a woman in the early hours of yesterday morning. It happened at the junction of Lyndhurst Road and Overdale Road at around 2.30am when the woman in her 30s was pushed into a hedge and attacked. Police want to hear from a group of men who drove past in a car. Families in Stotfold in Bedfordshire are criticising a decision to keep a brand new playground closed. The playground was built by Persimmon Homes on the Trinity Manor Park housing estate, but it's yet to be signed off. Father Roy Beeson lives opposite. Why can't it be finished? It looks like it's complete. The kids get in there all the time. Um, they're fr- frequently opening up the fence. The developers come along and lock it back up again. We've got a, a, a child ourselves. He's just over two years old. He looks out the window and he can't understand why he can't go and play there. In sport, Rory McIlroy is the Open golf champion for the first time. He's only the third player after Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus to win three major tournaments by the age of 25. And England's cricketers are facing defeat on the final day of the second test against India at Lords. England resumed this morning on 105 for four still needing another 214 to win. The weather, another hot and humid day, a maximum temperature 25 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely combination of town and country. It's all about where you live. There's some really good rural qualities around here. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. I married a Stotfold man and we stayed here. As far as Bedfordshire goes, this must be one of the nicest places to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. I can't. You got to. Oh, oh, my chest. I see my chest. Uh, no, speak. Oh, do I have to? Yes. Really? It's a contractual. Contractual. You said contractual con- obligation. You said contractual. <laughs> you said contractual. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Okay. Well, let's see. Oh, it's I don't know. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about on the show this morning. Included, including autism families struggling for respite, playground problems in Stockfold. Oh, and we'll catch up with Hemel Traders after this weekend high street. Is that really it? Sorry, I didn't manage to finish it. Properly. Is that it? We'll catch up this with Hemel Traders. High Street Festival. There. And I've done that one properly either. Sorry about that, everyone. Right, Carry I, on. No, no. It's Monday. Oh, flipping it. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's go back to 1986 and the one that started it all. Wow. 
that um, one of my great disappointments in life is the fact that Catherine Boyle doesn't like that song. Um, it's rubbish. <laughs> It reminds me of the sort of stuff I was listening to in the early 90s in Spain. Yeah, well, that was from 1986. So once again, the monkeys were ahead. setting the trend. They were ahead of the times. Yeah. Yeah. Spain thanks you. <laughs> Indeed it does. 08459, etc., etc., etc. Now, the charity Autism Bedfordshire says families across the county are struggling to get respite care for their children. In Bedford, parents have had stays at the Foxgloves Care Home cancelled due to a lack of specialist staff. They say the alternative provision they've been offered in Hertfordshire is unsuitable and would mean more travel and expense. Well, Katie, uh, Katie Crawley's son Carnell used to attend Foxgloves and was one of those who fought a campaign to keep it open. Morning, Katie. Good morning. Katie, how important is the service for parents? Very important. It's a lifeline. It's a means to an end. When you have that few days break, whatever it is you've been issued, at the end of every month, it's something that you're ready for and you need to know that your child is safe and fully looked after. And that's the only one provision there is in Bedford. So it's very, very important. It's what gets parents through. How did Foxgloves help you and your boy? Um, my son didn't attend um, anywhere else with any family members or anything like that. I didn't have family members in Bedford that were um, able to look after him. Um, that was a respite place. He would go three nights a month, and it was my lifeline because times get very, very tough, and it's your child, and you want to be, you know, capable of looking after them, but you need that little bit of break. And it's good for them, too, because they get a little social life. They get to know the staff. They get to know the other children that attend there and some of the children actually attend the schools that they go to as well so they know them through that and it is a, a little social life for them but it's a lifeline for the parents when you're um the, the carnell's care what does that kind of involve on a daily basis for you um start of the day lots of medication for his epilepsy um he needs help with all personal care um, he needs to be watched all the time. He can't be left unattended. He's 18, but he's more like a four-year-old. Um, and even some four-year-olds would be able to uh, manage more things than what he could. In, he just he needs help with everything. He can't make de- um, safe decisions on his own. But to, to look at Carmel, he looks very normal. So it's very difficult managing his behaviour in in the community. People don't understand and would stare and point or look to. I've even had people he's bumped into and they've wanted to fight with him. You know, it's it's a very, as they get older, it, it actually gets tougher. So it, it, it's constant. You, you, you don't get a moment to yourself necessarily in the day? No, unless he's at school. Yeah. Um, he is still in higher education at present. Um, but no, and actually at the moment he's poorly and he's not going to school today. So that means I'm not going to work either. Are there any <laughs> other places, Katie, in Bedfordshire that offer this service? No. Really? No. That, see, that strikes me as incredible. That's the only service available in Bedford um, unless you have help from carers, from different care agencies, but you're talking a couple of hours or six hours maximum. Um it's not something where they go and stay somewhere. You know, it's not an overnight process. So that is the only place people have to rely on. 
Well, then that would imply that, that this, is, this place is even more significant and important than, than perhaps I was, was thinking. We're, we're told, Katie, the current problems are down to a lack of staff. If this is such a vital resource, then, then surely the council should be doing more to make sure it works. Right. Um, okay. Katie? Katie? Hello. Hello. Well, we lost you for a second. Yeah. Yes, you're back. Did you press <laughs> um, the mute button? No, no. Oh, OK. OK, that's my normal <laughs> trick. Go on. Uh, a little bit on the council's defence, and I would never defend them if I think they're in the wrong. I was actually um, invited along by an, another parent who does a lot for um, parent care forums in Bedford to go along to um, an interview panel for potential staff for Foxgloves. But I think this should have been soon, done sooner. My son left in March, and because he's an adult, he's now in adult services. And he left in March, and I know there were staffing issues then um, and, and before then. So why they're only just doing interviews, to my knowledge, I don't know. But they, um, they, are, they are, as far as you're concerned, they are kind of stepping up to the plate now. Yeah, um, they had to do interviews, and it's um, uh, three different stages, and I was invited along to the second stage, and um, so they are in the process of getting staff in, and I don't think there's a shortage of potential staff. Um, uh, You know, a couple of the people I saw um, already know some of the children. They work at the special schools, or they've been involved in the, the play schemes, you know, and I think if there was a post available sooner, or if it had been known to be made available sooner, then, you know, I'm sure these posts could have been filled and parents wouldn't have been left in this situation. But it's what they did before when they were going to close it. They leave it to the last minute and then parents are here in the last minute when it's already in a bad situation. Parents are already affected. One of them, you know, I know, Annie Trespass, she's been waiting for over six weeks for her son to get respite. And to my knowledge, she's finally going to get some in August. You know, at that point, when you're with a child that's got challenging behaviours, mental health issues, physical issues, and you're the only one dealing with them, by the time you get a break after eight weeks or nine weeks, I think it'll be by the time she gets respite, that's way too long. And she should never have been put in that situation. Katie, well, let's keep our fingers crossed that the situation improves. Thank you for your time. That's Katie Crawley, 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. A very good morning. And so far this morning, a rather quiet start. Just checking on the speed sensors. The A1, the Great North Road. Do expect delays there, just around the Black Cat roundabout as those major roadworks continue there. Also, the M1 Luton Spur building up in patches between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport as those roadworks continue there as well. Take a look at the M25. Expect delays between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11. There's roadworks continuing there. Also, a speed restriction in place of 50 miles per hour. So far on the trains everything seems to be running to time. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Thanks girls. Welcome. There we go, you see. 
only you could see what's going on behind the scenes here at BBC Three Counties Radio. 6.16, Monday the 21st of July. That means that Ben and Ollie's milk in the fridge is good for another four days, you suckers. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford care home. Autism Bedfordshire say the problems at Foxgloves come after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. And in sport, Rory McIlroy is the Open golf champion for the first time after finishing two shots clear at Hoylake. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Can we, um, can we just all salute this, this, can we salute, can we salute a, a guy? Let me, uh, yeah, can we Who salute? Who are we saluting? We're going to salute this, we're going to salute Jim Rockford. I suppose you prowled around in there, oh. messed up all the evidence, smudged all the prints. No, I don't think so. All I did was wash it down oh. with a garden hose. One of these days, Rockford, you're going to realise it doesn't do you a whole lot of good to wise off at me. I don't think it makes a lot of difference what I say to you, Luke. It makes a lot of difference what I say to you, Luke. In all fairness... Don't wise off at me. Don't wise... uh, Jim Garner, who died uh, this weekend, in all fairness, I did think he was dead already. So it was a double blow. It, well, it was it was it was the the relief of knowing that he was alive, but then the the sadness of of him dying a second time for me. Good actor, matinee idol looks. Yeah. Two things you want. Catherine Boyle joins me for something we're going to be doing in three minutes, uh, about three minutes, 50 seconds. Just want to check. You're okay? I'm fine. Good weekend? Strong weekend? <laughs> what does that mean? Powerful? Was it a powerful weekend? It was a weekend? wet weekend. Sorry? Paddling pool action. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yesterday had nothing with you that I should stay Sit and wonder why I'm leaving Sit and wonder if you'll call Sit and wonder why I'm looking for a meeting Sit and wonder why I'm wondering at all
I meant the bands from BBC Introducing, of course. Get one of the... This, we're saying that that's a really good song. No one knows yeah. it. Dave Mason, Cass, Mama Cass. I think the Verve might have covered it. Did they? I think they might have. There was a song um, with the same title in our system. I need to have a little listen. Oh, let's find out if the Verve covered it. Oh, okay. Let's find. I bet out. they made it sound really jolly. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, right now, Catherine, you're in the studio. Yeah. Sure, are you ready for this? I'm braced. Uh, let's do it. This week, the big tour is in Stopfold, where parents are having to explain why their brand new playground is still out of bounds. It was built by the developers behind the Trinity Manor Park housing estate, but it's yet to be signed off. The rumour is that neither the developers nor the council can agree who's going to be liable in case a kiddie falls off and breaks their arm. You've been having a look at this one. This is weird. It's a really odd one, although maybe it shouldn't be, because um, quite often developers are given permission to build estates on the proviso that they put something in for the community. Yeah. This playground was one such deal. It was built by Persimmon Homes as part of the agreement with Central Beverage Council to put, fund community projects on the estate. Um, and Persimmon Homes built the playground. It's been ready since March, but people just aren't allowed to use it. It's been boarded up. So even though it looks ready with shiny new swings and equipment, people are having to drag their children past it, which must be torture. It's summer! <laughs> Come, I want to go and plant the swings, Mummy. No, you can't. Well, it's summer! This is it. I mean, if it was me, I'd be avoiding the area so I wouldn't have to deal with it every single time. It's even worse for these people. They live bang opposite. Why can't it be finished? It looks like it's complete. The kids get in there all the time. They're fr- frequently opening up the fence. The developers come along and lock it back up again. Currently, they've lifted the fence up just in the far distance there, and you can see muddy footprints coming past our house here from some kids that have been playing in there in the rain. We've got a, a, a child ourselves. He's just over two years old. He looks out the window, and he can't understand why he can't go and play there. It seems unprofessional. It seems incomplete. And we've seen some of the town council people come around. We assume they're town councillors. We've seen them with their high-vis jackets on, standing there pointing, but nothing ever seems to get done about it. Probably October, November last year, they put the fencing up to start the work. They did the prep work before Christmas, started putting the playground bit in just after. The playground area has now been ready effectively since April and there's no sign of it opening. I'd like to see it open for the children so that they can play on it. We're getting to the school summer holidays. What better way for parents to be able to bring their children and, and play on the play area that's been, been built for them? It's a waste of money at the moment just sitting there doing nothing. You talk to Persimmon, you don't get any answers, so nobody knows. Nobody says what the reasons are. I presume it's to do with health and safety certificates, but who knows? Well, of course, we're, the parents are affected by this, the kids are affected by this, but also where are teenagers going to smoke and drink alcohol? Come on, guys. I'm joking, of course. The, the, the family's there, obviously not happy. It's a playground, and you can understand why some of the kids are climbing over the fence to go and have a go. Well, the temptation must be huge, and, of course, kids aren't bothered about consequences or health and safety certificates, but here's the thing. If they were to fall and break something, there would be a question over who'd be liable for any compensation. We called Central Beverage Council for some answers. They told us the playground was being delivered by Persimmon Home, so we went to Persimmon homes to explain what was going on. So they're coming on today to tell us what's happening, are they? Uh, no. Oh, flipping it. But they have sent us a statement. Oh, yeah. And it basically says that the opening of the play area has been delayed because of work required with the Picks Brook itself. That's the area where the playground is. They say that heavy machinery needed to be used to get this work fixed. And so, although the playground's ready, it won't be safe for children to be using it when that machinery's around. Persimmon's been in touch with the Royal Society for the Protection of Ac- Prevention of Accidents. Yeah, that, I was going to say, there's got to be pre- prevention of accidents. Someone's <laughs> going to pre- protect accidents. accidents. And they're writing a report and... Uh, once that's been written and signed off to say everything is safe and only then can the playground open. So what's, what, what is the date that we can allow our children to go in there and um, make nuisances of themselves? Your guess is as good as mine. Oh. It's been four months since that playground was there ready and waiting but um, we are told it's going to be soon but they won't give us an obvious date. There are 
Took a stroll on the old long walk of the day I, I, I met a little girl and we stopped to talk of a fine soft day I, And I asked your friend What's a fella to do Cause her hair is black and her eyes are blue And I knew right then I've been taking a world Around a saltill crime with a callway heading anti-clockwise starting to build up on the speed sensors now between junction 21 the m1 and junction 19 at watford take a look in brickywood it's starting to look rather heavy on the north orbital road just off the m25 checking on the um, a414 so far that's moving rather freely around the park street roundabouts do expect delays though on the m1 luton spur between junction 10a for the kidneywood roundabout and junction 10 for luton airport so far on the trains everything's running well and no problems to report nicola richards bbc3 counties radio Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford care home. Autism Bedfordshire say the problems at Foxgloves come after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. The UK is also pressing the European Union to impose tougher sanctions on Moscow. And hospitals in Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire are failing to meet their target for waiting times in accident and emergency. Figures for the previous month show that too many people were waiting longer than four hours at Stoke Mandeville and Bedford Hospitals. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Rory McIlroy is the Open golf champion for the first time. He finished 17 under par at Hoylake to finish two shots clear of Sergio Garcia and Ricky Fowler. Standing here as the Open champion, uh, you know, three three legs towards the career Grand Slam at the age of 25. Um, I mean, I, you know, I had a good feeling about this week. I felt like I was, you know, playing well and you know, coming in in good form, but. Uh, today was a tough day. You know, I needed to play well. I needed to keep it together. You know, the, a lot of the guys behind me shot really good scores, and you know, I, I scraped it in in 71, but it was good enough. Despite starting 20th on the grid, Lewis Hamilton finished third in the German Grand Prix, but the Hertfordshire driver lost ground on teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg, who led from start to finish. To be starting from last, I, I didn't imagine that I'd be up on the podium. So I'm very grateful for for the overall job uh, and the, and the car. You know, the team have given us a great car to be able to put in a performance that is uh, is just incredible so I have to take my hat off to them and for the Milton Keynes Red Bull team Sebastian Vettel was fourth and Daniel Ricciardo sixth England's cricketers are facing defeat on the final day of the second test against India at Lords England resumed this morning on 105 for four still needing another 214 to win they lost three quick wickets yesterday evening including under fire captain Alistair Cook Sharma round the wicket bowls oh has he edged that I think he has Cook is out And Sharma takes another wicket, and Alistair Cook is out for 22. And in football, a goal from Mark Cullen and a Jake Howells penalty gave Luton a 2-0 win at Barnet in yesterday's pre-season friendly. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Morning, Catherine. Hiya. You've got a grin on your face. Yeah. Why? Can't tell you. Mm. Remember? Yeah. It's a secret. It's a secret. Um, But I'm also grinning because of this ridiculous story in the papers. There's not a lot in the papers today, but I'm glad you found something. The England cricket team reckon that they're not sleeping very well at night because of a ghost in their hotel. Crying out loud. Guys, guys, ghosts don't exist, you boozers. Several players have been asked to uh, have asked to move rooms, convinced that theirs were haunted. Have they they been getting the willies at night? They have. While their wives and girlfriends refuse even to stay at the Langham Hotel in West London after being spooked by the mysterious manifestation. They're refusing to stay in one of the most luxurious hotels in London. Gosh. There's a ghost in that. Up to seven ghosts are claimed to stalk the hotel, including... Hang on. Oh, sorry. You're going to get this. There are facts coming up, are there? Facts. (laughs) The fact is they're claimed to stalk the hotel. A doctor who killed himself after murdering his wife on honeymoon. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing at that. That's horrific. That's nasty. That is nasty. And a German prince who committed suicide by leaping off a balcony just before the First World War. The Langham, where a standard double room costs around £300 a night. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why they can't sleep. Yeah, no, exactly. They're doing the maths. But it's, fair play, it's, ch- it's cheaper than the place over the road from here. So, <laughs> how many ghosts do you get there? How yeah. many ghoulies? You don't. You don't get any ghoulies. <laughs> the England team's based during the London Test matches. The players are staying there while they play India at Lord's Cricket Ground. They all live nearby, don't they? Yeah. Staying a travel are tavern. Out there with special power. Okay, that's Justin yeah, Dealey. Justin Dealey will be all over we know, this. We, he will be over all, all over this with F. Guys, 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 ghosts do not exist. They don't. I wish they did. Wouldn't it be awesome? Hey, how does a bat detector work? I thought they were mythological. A bat detector? A bat detector. My boy went on a special mission with his granddad at the weekend, which meant they went camping at, at Clifton House. Oh, it's beautiful there. Yeah, very nice. Went camping at Clifton House, and then they went on, like, nature walks sort of through the early evening, and then they cooked their supper on a fire, and all of this stuff. It sounds marvellous. I don't quite know why I wasn't invited. Uh, and the, the ranger, the park ranger, had a bat detector. Mm. 
Well, excuse me, that sounds like nonsense to me. It's a sonic thing, surely? Continue. All right, so they emit a frequency, don't they, to be able to tell if they're going to bounce into something. Right, bats so you're talking bats about go, Yeah, they sort of go... That's what it sounds like to us. That's a dolphin. But it's like, no, uh, dolphins. Oh, you can do a dolphin noise as well. Um, well, you know, I practice these things. Lonely, lonely afternoons. Yes. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so that will be picked up at a very high frequency by a bat detector. I don't believe that. What's your problem? What's your beef? I don't believe that. Let's ask our science correspondent, Kelly Betts. Kelly Betts, how does a a bat detector work, if at all? Um, Don't you just see the bat? And then you say, yeah, there's a bat. OK, she, she, she really... We Just really confusing to, that with a bat detective. We need to um, talk about her being the science correspondent. I told you it was a bad idea. And yet you still went ahead and made it so. <laughs> um, got, got some... Um, where's the front page of The Sun? The front page of The Sun is a good one. What I'm saying is, you've got the front page of The I Sun. Haven't, Can I have it? Well, don't throw all the papers at me then and then moan. No, I gave it to you. No, you luzz them at me. Oh, I've got it. As is your won't. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll luzz something at you. This is tough talking here. There was tough talking from um, uh, Clegg this weekend about Putin. What, Saturday Kitchen. Yeah, oh, he's on, right. He's yeah. on Saturday Kitchen. And the front page of The Sun. David Cameron personally issued a dramatic 24-hour ultimatum to Vladimir Putin last night over flight MH17. The tense call to the Russian leader came as it emerged the Kremlin told rebel fighters to seize the plane's black box flight recorders. Let's just reiterate this. David Cameron personally issued a dramatic 24-hour ultimatum to a lunatic who doesn't care about anything. Mm. Good, 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 good work there, David. That's really going to have an impact, isn't it? Now, look here, Putin. I mean, luminet guys. Come on, give us that black box recorder. Man. Otherwise, we're going to do nothing to you because we can't do anything because you're Russia! Summary there from our political correspondent, Ianni. Now, the front page of the Daily Telegraph... Oh, I is fa- it your turn again? Well, we're not... Well, I've, I'm on. on a roll. Oh, give me the Feltz treatment. You know... Oh, Vanessa Feltz. What a lady, huh? What a lady. Uh, I had an argument with Feltz at the weekend, it don't matter. Uh, anyway, you're here as a support structure, and when I'm on a roll, you just need to back down, baby. Okay, that's what you said to her. I'm off the roll now, so you can go in. OK. Employees who hurt themselves doing something daft at work will no longer win compensation if bosses ah. have taken steps to keep them safe. Ah! Under tough new laws, Justice Secretary Chris Grayling vowed to slay the health and safety culture which had sparked a wave of legal claims for big payouts. He said society had become too inclined to blame someone else when things go wrong, pledging to make it harder for ambulance-chasing lawyers to win cases. Okay, so so, so how is he going to do that? Because health and safety, uh, the the very heart of health and safety is good. Can you hear my chair? Yeah, I hope that is your chair. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it's my chair. Um, uh, a health, the, the core of health and safety is good because it protects people. It makes them healthy and safe. This health, chair's annoying me now. Healthy and safe. Okay, do you want to change it? Now? It's like that joke, isn't it, about um, the man who's having dinner, and the punchline is, um, Rover, get out of there before he does something else on you. <laughs> do you know that joke? Yeah. yeah. Good one. Norfolk policewoman Kelly Jones threatened to. St- Sue a garage boss last year after tripping over a six-inch curb while responding to a call. She backed down after a public outcry and criticism from her chief constable. So what they're planning to do, in response to your question, Ian, and your continual creaking, Mr Grayling's Social Action, Responsibility and Heroism Bill will be debated by MPs today. He's determined to turn the tide on the compensation culture. How? Let me just look. What's going on and on, mate? Common sense. OK. 
the front Common page. Sense. Okay, the front page of the Telegraph on Friday, and I forgot to say it was all made up stories. It, every story was made up and was of no consequence whatsoever. But how so? Well, I can't remember. Oh and well, I, thanks for making that up. Well, no, I've not made it up. That's true, and I can't be bothered to send one of you upstairs to get it for me. So, they've learned. That's how it works around here, doesn't it? They've learnt from their mistakes, and they've only put one made-up story on the front page. And what's that today. then? So you say. Okay, well, tell me if this story is made up or not. Right, front page by uh, Bryony Gordon. You think someone called Bryony? Is that a girl's name? Yes. Would know better. Stone's Hot Stuff is a box set. Ooh, intriguing picture of Mick Jagger and um, uh, the one who's not really a st- Ronnie Wood. After fi- This is the front page of The Telegraph, guys. After 50 years of sex, drugs and rock and roll, it appears age may be finally catching up with the Rolling Stones. Ronnie Wood, the band's guitarist, has admitted to spending his evenings completing jigsaws and watching box sets of television series. Oh. We're on above suspicion at the moment. Last one tonight, he told the Daily Telegraph. We watch loads of box sets on the road. Oh, he's a bit gro- well, growly, isn't it? We watch loads, loads of box sets on the road. Even with Jagger, I go, let's go and watch House of Cards. Wow. W- would also... <laughs> what was that? Would, uh, Ronnie Wood was rude to me as well. Was he? Yeah. Like that? Would oh, also... Oh, yeah, you rubbish. We watch loads of box sets on the road. Even with Jagger, I go, let's go and watch House of Cards. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad, Ronnie Wood, is it, Kels? He sounded slightly Jamaican. Yeah, what? Is he not? No. Oh. His hair is. His hair is. And his attitude towards the ganja is. Was. Wood also admitted that Mick Jagger had introduced him to Game of Thrones and said the band had sent a runner out at 4am in Shanghai to buy the final series of Breaking Bad. How many paragraphs have they devoted to this pensioner pastime story? Five. Five, and we're on the sixth. This is the sixth one, the last oh, one. No. Wood's third wife, Sally Humphreys, organises backgammon competitions for the band while they tour and says puzzles are good for the brain. The front page of The Telegraph <laughs> is about the Rolling Stones wimping out and selling out on their drug fueled heritage. I mean, we've all got to have a hobby, but I don't want to know about everybody's. Wait, four five nine four double five five double five. if you're as disgusted as I am with The Daily Telegraph and indeed with Durrani Wood. Mmm... Should we play a song? Yeah. Chuck a chuck a chuck a chuck a con. 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 Let me rock it. Let me rock it. Chuck a con. Let me rock it. That's all I want to do. Chuck a con. Let me rock it. Let me rock it. Chuck a con. Let me rock it. Let me feel for you. Chuck a con. What you tell me what you want to do. Do you feel for me the way I feel for you? Chuck a con. Let me tell you what I want to do. I want to love you. want to hug you. want to squeeze you too. So let me take it in my arms. Let me feel you with my charm. Chuck Cause you know that I'm the one to keep you warm. Chuck I make it more than just a physical dream. I want to rock you. Chuck a baby. Let you make me want to scream. Let me rock it. Rock it.
end up arguing so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna recommend and so you're gonna deprive me of of the chance to decide for myself no you something. won't like them as a band so i'm not even gonna bother mm. coming up uh in the um oh uh, apparently one of our listeners scott balcony his wife's mum's great auntie is ronnie wood's mum there oh. we go coming up in the last uh, 15 minutes of this hour Catherine boyle will be doing the full rap from nana cherry's buffalo stunts <laughs> And I'll be going through a list of celebrities I've either had arguments with or don't like for personal reasons. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Building up in patches at the moment on the Great North Road, just at the Black Hat roundabout, approaching those major roadworks there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving on the speed sensors between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 19 at Watford. And in Brickettwood, rather heavy moving on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. And so far, the M25 between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11, is also building up in patches as well. There's some roadworks taking place there, causing a few delays. On the trains, there's no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Nicola. 
6.46, it's Monday the 21st of July, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines and boy oh boy doesn't Kelly Betts look bored. A charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford care home. Autism Bedfordshire say the problems at Foxgloves come after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. And in sport, Rory McIlroy is the Open Golf Champion for the first time after finishing... Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A bit of a grey start for some this morning as we have some low cloud around. That may be a little slow to clear as well in certain places. Elsewhere, though, plenty of sunny periods around. It should be a largely dry day, although there will be some isolated showers around, but certainly not as intense or as widespread as the weekend. We're looking at temperatures reaching 24 or 5 degrees Celsius. And tonight, clear spells, a bit of cloud building from the east in the early hours of the morning with lows of 15 degrees Celsius. And tomorrow, a cloudy start for some mainly sort of more eastern parts and um, again holding on to, to, to that low cloud for much of the day for in certain areas however elsewhere looking at long sunny periods, highs of 24 or 5 degrees Celsius and then on Wednesday a few showers around but still some sunny sunny spells. Thursday though looking like another one of those hot and humid days with a risk of showers which could be quite thundery as well and then back to just normal showers on Friday and uh, that's your latest forecast <laughs> Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Said Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three how, Counties Radio. How did they manage to catch a ghost and record it? That's, the, that's one of the great mysteries. Wake out and about. One, two, three, hit it! What? Huh? Mm? No, uh, d- uh, okay. One, two, three, hit it! Sorry? Do the I thought you were going to do the rap from uh, Nana Cherry, the Buffalo stance. No one wants that from uh, Raw Like Sushi. Yeah, hang on a second. Steve? Yeah, morning. Morning, Steve. Do you want to hear Catherine do the rap from Nana Cherry? Not really, no. Sorry? See? Not really. Why? <laughs> doesn't suit them. <laughs> doesn't suit them? No, it doesn't suit her. Why? I can't say, because we get into another argument. Oh, Steve. Steve. <laughs> what? Shall I say it for you? <laughs> Go on, then. Is it because she's white? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there you go. White well, people can rap? Have you never heard of Vanilla Ice? Uh, it doesn't... Yeah, what it about doesn't, snow? It doesn't seem right. What do you mean, why, what do you, hang on a minute. What do you mean it doesn't seem it right? It doesn't fit. Well, it just doesn't. Listen, that's my opinion. You won't change with my opinion. Hang on a second. Let's let's go let's go back in time, right? The Rolling Stones, who we were talking about earlier on, they they did black with the inverted commas black people's music. Does that seem right? I don't know, I'm not really listening to it. Okay. Elvis Presley stole, many say, in inverted commas, black people's music. Is that alright? I don't know. Obviously, it must have been all right. He made a lot of money out of it. Right. Well, so hang on a second. Why can't white people rap? 
Some people can, some people can't, and it just doesn't suit. And does it? you're, but you're like saying, me singing. If you want to hear me sing, you wouldn't want to. I'll no, break all the windows. But you're, so you're, you're saying some people can rap, some people can't rap. I'm assuming yeah, the exactly. first sum in, in the first sum is black people. The second sum in that sentence is white people. Yeah. Fair play. Anyway, you had the if, if you want to, hold on, if you want to treat people the same, you don't need black. We don't need white. You do it on what they're good at, don't you? Why do we need to use white and black? Well, because it's, it's an easy way to identify people. Don't wriggle out of it that way. You're, but you're, 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 <laughs> no, but you're saying not. if we want to be... So if we want to be equal, why can't white people rap? And black people say, well, I don't know, not. what's the whitest music? Opera. <laughs> yeah, well, no one says that, do they? They don't say, oh, that white man over there, do they? Everyone says black man, but everyone doesn't say that. We never say white man. We just say the person who's five foot eight or whatever he is. Well, no, if we're, dis- if we're using it to describe them, we would say anyway, it's a white person. Anyway, can we person. get off this subject? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not sure I want to because I'm quite enjoying this 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 racist bants at ten to seven in the yeah, morning. There's nothing wrong with looking after your own race. Oh, there, we oh, there we go, Steve. There we go. Here we go. Hey, a Florida jury has slammed the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, the number two cigarette maker in the U.S., with a six uh, twenty-three point six billion dollar lawsuit, punitive damages. What? Yeah, filed by the widow of a long-time smoker who died of lung cancer in nineteen ninety-six. Kablam! They've been hit with that. The case is one of thousands filed in Florida after the Hang state on. supreme court tossed out a one hundred and forty-five billion class action verdict. So hang on a second. So this woman whose husband died because of cigarettes suing them for a billion. Oh, he's suing them, or has got has got it. They've slammed them with one. Hang on a minute. What, what does it's that mean? It's a lawsuit. Mean? So she's, she's trying it on. Oh, well, hang on a sec. Well, that's suddenly that's not a story. Hang on. Cynthia Robinson won $16.8 million in compensatory damages in addition to $23.6 billion in punitive damages. So, so someone's she's won. won one. Yeah. So hang, I'm, hang on a minute. Pick, right. Okay. okay. The so, damages a Pensacola jury awarded on Friday to Cynthia Robinson after a four-week trial come in addition to $16.8 million uh, so how, many, how much damages. money has she won? Loads. Right. All because her husband... Smoked loads. So if you love your wife, what? take one for the team. But why would... I, mean, I don't understand it. Why would... People know that smoking is bad for mm-hmm. them, so why would you sue... Why, would the, why should the company have to pay out? I mean, listen, I'm not a fan of smoking, but if people want to smoke, then, you know, and then they die, well, hey, guess what? That's, that's pros- possibly going to happen. The jury wanted to send a statement that tobacco cannot continue to lie to the American people and the American government about the addictiveness of the uh, of and the deadly chemicals within the cigarettes. If you can hear me flicking away here, it's because you can't believe it. I'm trying to find flicking it. Flicking away in disbelief. I saw the headline. I'm flicking away in disbelief. <laughs> I, hey, come on now. I saw that headline in another um, paper and I can't find it. Oh. Because I don't believe attention. what you've given me. It was on. Yeah. It was on the left hand side. That's- it's not what I've given you, love. One, two, three, so hit you it! you say you wanted money, but you know it's never funny when your shoes won't do and there's a rumble in your tummy, so you have to have style. And you go through the car with a girl on the corner so you can make a pile. Committed a crime and went inside. It was coming your way, but you had survived. When you lost your pay, you lost your way, and now you're looking at me to take her place. Gigolo, heart sucker. There you go, that'll do. So I was doing that really loud in the kitchen, and I thought my daughter's coming in to give me some props. She just came in to shut the door. Now, I think we've just, we've completely just disproved Steve's nonsense that white people can't rap. What oh, a I don't know old, about that. Well, what a load of old rubbish. What a load of old rubbish. The little mix can rap, can't they? What's the game? Steve's, I mean, Steve, you really have embarrassed yourself this morning. More so than <laughs> usual. And then with that nonsense at the end, if anyone was offended, well, you know, just, it's good to know that people like that are out there. So. Yeah. Ronnie Wood. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Feltz. Yes. 
They're all on your list. Daniel Beddingfield. Oh. Yeah, Daniel Beddingfield. The inoffensive bedroom mixer, Daniel Beddingfield. Yeah, him. King of the list, Bez. Oh. Bez is king of... Bez is king of the list, Kelly. He's king of the list. <laughs> oh, it's Justin Dealey. It's Justin Dealey. Bez He's is, heading towards the list. Who else? Who else? I mean, that's only four. There's loads more on the list of people that um, I have fallen out with. Um, all of those are f- pretty much face-to-face. Ronnie Wood I didn't have an argument with, but he was... Uh, all the others I've had arguments with. I have a number of people from local newsrooms on my list. Go on. I can't. I can't say. Oxley? Is Oxley on the I'm list? I'm not big like you. I can't. No, 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 not this o- local o- newsroom. Oxley's on the list, isn't it? There was one woman, On our list. There was one woman who stitched me up when I was on work experience. Really? Yeah. List. What? It's a long list. What happened with Oxley? What happened with Oxley? I don't know. Nothing you... happened. What have you heard? Well, I'm just... That's not true. That never... I... You, I mean, nearly, you, You've obviously it... got beef with Oxley. Um... What is your beef with the Ox? It's, uh, it's a long time ago. Wow. Emergency, emergency. Justin. Boss. I forgot you were there. Hey, listen, don't worry about me. You're playing a classic. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Broken Wings. <laughs> no, go back to the record. Are you, me. Are, you, are you sure you want me to do that, Harpreet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Just play the tune. Forget uh, me. Are you sure? Uh, listen, Mr. Mr. Broken Wings, probably in the top ten best radio songs ever. Forget oh, me, just really? play it. Just, what <laughs> are you going to do, Justin? What are you going to do today? Um, I'm going to listen to Mr. Mr. Uh, OK, after that, what are you going to do to earn your crust? Well, I have a report from the uh, Hemel Old Town Street oh, celebration yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, then I'm going to be in Aylesbury uh, doing reporting on roundabouts <laughs> and whatever you want, really. Doing reporting. Yes. Did you not hear that story about the England cricket team not being able to get any sleep because of ghosts in their hotel? Yeah, more evidence for you. The uh, Langham <laughs> Hotel clearly is uh, <laughs> a very spooky place. How much more evidence do you need, Ian, I don't even to believe prove to you I, that ghosts exist? I don't even believe cricket teams exist, so well, I'm not going to believe And ghosts exist with them. You're just adjusting your frock there, Catherine. Yeah, it's a bit slippy. I'm losing a bit of weight and it's hanging off. Right, sh- <laughs> for goodness sake. Right, should we carry on with Mr. Mister, Mister then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cheers. Understand why we can't just hold on to each other's hands. This time might be the last of fear, unless I make it all too clear. I need you so.
As Heartbreak said, it is one of uh, the top ten radio songs of all time. But unfortunately, mister, mister, I'm going to have to cut you short so we can go to Miss Miss on the uh, road, road. And the tra- it's not working at all, is it? I mean, awful. Oh, gosh, no, that's not it. It's gone broken. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on, Cass. Hang on, Nicola. You're ruining this. No, I'm, I'm not ruining it. That was such a smooth link until this bit. You're spoiling the radio. Oh, I've broken it, not There we go. Ah, we go. We're in, we're in, we're in, we're in. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather heavy moving at the moment between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 19 at Watford. Very heavy as well on the North Orbital Road at the moment, just off the M25. And it is queuing on the A1 heading southbound, just at Stirling Corner. So far, taking a look at the trains, everything seems to be running to time so far this morning. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Okay, so what have we got uh, for you to call in about this morning? Um. Oh. Um. Can I see that photo, please? Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, families' concern over Bedford Care Home, Cameron to address MPs over Ukraine plane crash and hospitals miss A&E waiting time targets. BBC Three Counties Radio. A charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford Care Home. Autism Bedfordshire say the problems at Foxgloves come after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. More from Matt Lockwood. Annie Trepas says she hasn't had respite care for her autistic son, for over six weeks. Breaks were cancelled in the Easter holidays and July. She's been offered alternative provision in Hertfordshire but says that isn't suitable and would mean more travel and expense. The council are blaming a shortage of specialist staff for the problems. They told us they recently appointed a new manager at the care home and a confident staffing issues will be resolved. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. The UK is also pressing the European Union to impose tougher sanctions on Moscow. The Australian Foreign Minister Julie Bishop has called on pro-Russian separatists not to use the bodies of those killed as pawns in the conflict with Ukraine. Hospitals in Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire are failing to meet their targets for waiting times in accident and emergency. Figures for the previous month show that too many people were waiting longer than four hours at Stoke Mandeville and Bedford hospitals. More from Carol Abercrombie. 
the government set the target that 95% of people visiting A&E should be seen within four hours. Stoke Mandeville only achieved between 91 and 94% in the four weeks up to Friday the 13th of July. Bedford Hospital fell below the target in the three weeks from the 22nd of June, but achieved 95.3% in the most recent week we have figures for. The United Nations Security Council has called for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. More than 100 Palestinians, mainly civilians, died in violence yesterday. Israel says 13 of its soldiers were killed. Police in Chesham are hunting a man who sexually assaulted a woman in the early hours of yesterday morning. It happened at the junction of Lyndhurst Road and Overdale Road at around 2.30am when the woman in her 30s was pushed into a hedge and attacked. Police want to hear from a group of men who drove past in a car. Families in Stockfold in Bedfordshire are criticising a decision to keep a brand new playground closed. The playground was built by Persimmon Homes on the Trinity Manor Park housing estate, but it's yet to be signed off. Father Roy Beeson lives opposite. Why can't it be finished? It looks like it's complete. The kids get in there all the time. Um, They're frequently opening up the fence. The developers come along and lock it back up again. We've got a, a, a child ourselves, he's just over two years old, he looks out the window and he can't understand why he can't go and play there. In sport, Rory McIlroy is the Open golf champion for the first time. He's only the third player after Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus to win three major tournaments by the age of 25. The weather, another hot and humid day, a maximum temperature 25 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a fascinating place. Very wide cross-section of people. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. There's quite a lot of country walks you can do. It's all about where you live. There's a community spirit that people seem to pick up on. I was born here and I never felt any reason to move anywhere. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey up, chicken! Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning. Autism charity calls for more respite. There's red tape trouble in Stopfold. And we'll find out whether Hemel's High Street Festival did the trick for traders. You can give us a call on that, or to be honest, anything you want to, really. It's kind of an open door policy here on this show. 08 455 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Autism Bedfordshire are calling for something to be done to help families struggling to get respite care for their children. In Bedford, a lack of specialist staff at the Foxgloves Care Home has led to stopovers being cancelled. Well, this is the same place that was threatened with closure back in 2010 when the council was looking to save money. Annie Trapess is one of the parents affected and joins me now. Morning, Annie. Morning. T- tell me why you need Foxgloves. What- what's your situation? Um, my son is currently 17. He has um, autism and ADHD and very challenging behaviour. How does that affect your your daily routine? What do you have to do as his mum? Okay, um, well, in the mornings he gets up at about seven, seven days a week, um, and obviously I have to give him a shower, deal with all his personal care. Um, And really my whole day revolves around Max, unless he's at school. Mm. Must be be very um, uh, tiring. It is, yeah, yeah, extremely tiring. So you've been using foxgloves in the past for respite. How would that work and how important has that been for you and, and Max? 
Um, well, Max loves going there, which is the main thing. Um, and it just gives, you know, it gives the family a break as well. But obviously it's only for three days a month. Um, so the rest of the time, our whole life revolves around Max. I'd um, imagine those, then those three days become very important for you. Yeah, yeah, they are. How long has it been since uh, Max has had respite? It's been a while, hasn't it? Um, it's been just over six weeks now. Gosh. Um, his stay was cancelled a couple of weeks ago, so... Yeah, we're feeling pretty desperate. And is, is, is it cancelled indefinitely, or do you have dates in the future to look forwards to? Um, we won't get our July dates now at all, we've been told. Um, and we will get seven nights during August, but those are an extra seven nights that we get a year. OK. So... Have you spoken to other parents about this, Annie? What are people saying? Um, I actually know of two other parents that have had cancellations. And their children are very challenging, like Max as well. So what's the problem? Why is this? Is it, is it staffing? Is it funding? What's going on? It's actually staffing, and the staffing issues have been going on since November of last year. Um, in November last year, we were told that we could have six nights a month, but it wouldn't be at Foxglove. Right. It would be at a place in Hertfordshire that obviously Max didn't know. Um... So we decided not to go with that. Why, why would that be? Why was, was that not suitable, do you think? It, um, it wouldn't be suitable because Max wouldn't know the place. He yeah. wouldn't know the staff. You know, he's been going to Foxgloves for seven years and he knows the staff there, gets on with them, and obviously want, looks forward to going there. We also use um, pictures on a calendar to show him when he's going. Yeah. So when the, the stay is cancelled, we obviously have to take those off. And that causes more challenging behaviour because it looks like we're just making things up to Max, which no parent wants to do. I'm assuming you've spoken to the council, Annie. W what have they said? Um, the council are currently holding meetings with parents in August. And I think what they're trying to do is renegotiate dates. Right. Um, I think with one parent, they're trying to cut down her days in August. Um... So, yeah, I'm really just waiting for a resolution from, from the council. And have they given you any, any date as to when this, might be, this problem might be solved? We, we, we spoke to someone earlier on who said that they are interviewing potential they ha they uh, people to work there. They haven't told me when the new staff are right. starting. OK, so you're kind of up in the air a little bit. So it's, it's up in the air. I, I went to the lengths of contacting our, lo our local councillor, um, and since then the council have been more helpful. Good. Um, well, keep, keep banging on their door, really, is, is the thing, because, you know, make sure they remember that you're there. That's it. And I, ju I just think with all the extra stress that parents of autistic children are under, you don't need to be waiting for phone calls um, and having to contact people. Basically, I've spent the whole of last week contacting different people and waiting for phone calls. Yeah. Um, and on top of everything else, you don't really need No, it. of course you don't. Annie, listen, I wish you and Max the best of luck. Let's hope this gets sorted out as soon as possible. OK. And thank you very much for your time. That's Annie Trapes. We did um, ask the council for an interview this morning, but hey, guess what? Guess what, guys? They couldn't come on. <clears throat> There's a surprise. In a statement, they said a new permanent manager was appointed on the 4th of July and is due to start shortly. Uh, going forward, we are also going forward. There's a phrase. We are also confident that once the manager is actively in place, staffing issues will be resolved. Going forward. Dear. I don't. <clears throat> now, listen, I'm, I'm blessed that my two boys, as far as I'm aware, 
are both healthy, uh, normal boys who like jumping in streams as they did yesterday and making things out of mud. Uh, so I, I've got no idea what it's like living with an autistic child. So if you can explain it to me, and there'll be some of the listeners as well going, well, hang on a second, she was offered an alternative. Why Why wouldn't that work? And I think Annie expl- explained herself uh, very well. But if you do live with an autistic child, 08459 455 555, uh, explain just how challenging it is. Uh, how much hard work it is. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Fonzie, it's the Fonz. E on the Fonz. Right, we all, uh, we're not going to do old, old kids' programmes, but stop playing with that. Le- leave them alone. <laughs> we all remember the Fonz, OK? Yeah. What was the premise of Happy Days? Um, much older man hangs around with teenagers, and that's cool. All right. That what, was it, wasn't it? Okay, what was the premise that American television producers wanted us to pick up on? Um that um did it stay cool like the Fonz. No, it was a 19 it was set in the 1950s and it was uh, a look at um you know teenagers and families. Friendship and that. Friendship and that, right? And how it's okay to hang around with a 40-year-old man. Okay. So there have been three as far as I'm aware, three spin-offs from Happy Days. Yeah, that Joni and Chachi thing. Four spin-offs because mm-hmm. I'd forgotten that. Joni loves Chachi. Okay, that didn't work. No, it didn't work for me because she was, she was a chachi was gorgeous. Joni was. Joni was well. It, it was is trailer trash. Oh. She's led, led a troubled life. Let's oh, just say. Man. Okay, so Joni loves chachi. She was lucky though because there weren't that many girls in it. Um, next spin-off. Fonz, loud and proud in San Francisco. <laughs> Fonz did not come out as a homosexual. That was not in any way one of the. There was Laverne and Shirley. Oh, was that from there? That was a spin-off. Wow. Morka Mindy. Laverne and Shirley? There wasn't one of them Fonzie's girlfriend in one episode. Was she? Uh, Morka Mindy. What? Morka Mindy. Oh, was... he did, yeah. He ca- oh, yeah. Morka appeared in an episode. I remember that. Okay. So there's those spin offs, okay? But then the weirdest spin off, the fourth spin off, was uh, Fonz and the Happy Days Gang, which was a cartoon that was started off in the 1950s America. I've got no idea where this popped into my head. Uh, and then um, a hot, sexy alien called Cookie. Or maybe she wasn't an alien. Anyway, she landed in a spaceship mm. and Fonz and the Happy Days gang and a talking dog then went and travelled through time and had adventures in time. So like Fonz would be like with uh, the Egyptians, the Romans, the American Civil War. A bit like Bill and Ted. Yeah, but with the Fonz in a cartoon form. How would anyone go, hey, you know, everyone loved, loved Fonz and Happy Days. Like, why don't we get them travelling through time? Yeah, OK, fine. All right, let's do it. Why, where, was, where is the connection there? Where is the, the, the joined-up thinking? I think they just thought, Happy Days makes lots of money. How can we do Happy Days? Here's, here's, yeah. uh, here's the thing. Now, I, I, I love Henry Winkler. What happened? Um, nothing. Ch- did, you ch- did you touch some chewing gum under the table? <laughs> no. What did you touch? Nothing. Well, you touched something you didn't... over it. You touched something you didn't want to touch? Yeah. What? It's spillage. From where? Coffee. Oh, okay. Well, it could have been worse. I did the mum thing of wiping it off with my hand and then immediately regretted it. Um, Go on. I've completely lost my TOT now. Henry. I've lost my tot because of you. Henry Winkler. Happy Days wasn't very funny. No. But there was not an awful lot else back then, so it was okay. Yeah. But we're not talking about that. What are we talking about? Talking about. Hello, cows. Hello, Kelsey. It's kind of a it's a Monday it's it's a Monday show today, which is appropriate. What with it being what day is it, Kelsey? Monday. Thank you. So uh, we're kind of just easing ourselves into the week a little bit, slowly, gently, not too fast. 
Slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. What does that mean? It just means creep up. On a monkey? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Who wants to catch a monkey? Well, like, we all, we all we want, all want a monkey, to, yeah. but I don't want to catch one. But the thing is, when you get the monkey, you've got to think about what happens after then, because, you know, Michael Jackson found that, although it wasn't a monkey, it was an ape, but it went a bit feral. I don't... Listen, can we just stop this nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Orangutans, spider monkeys, apes, gorillas, they're all monkeys. No, they've got no, no tail. No, 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 I'm not buying that. That is complete bullshine. They are it's all... If it looks like a monkey, if it smells like a monkey, if it chucks its feces at you like a monkey, it's a monkey. All this, uh, it's like the whole thing, a tomato is a fruit. No, it's not. It's a vegetable. We know it's a vegetable. Oh, no, it's a fruit. It's not. Oh, and what is a banana? Kelly, here's something for you, Kelly. What's a banana? It's yellow and you peel it. Yeah, but what is it? Fruit. No, no, it's not. It's a herb. It's a herb. No, it's not it's a herb. Really? It's a banana. No one, it, oh. no one sprinkles... Oh, can you get me some dried ground banana? Who decides that it's a herb? Yeah, exactly. Because it's cheeses. from a tree. Because it fits certain biological categories, no, OK? It, so I'm sorry it doesn't fit in with your um, taste-based... Um, a banana is a fruit, right? You ask... You go up to anyone, is it apart from some yeah, I- idiot... Who go, oh, it's actually it's a herb. And did you know tomato is a fruit? No, they're not. Tomato... Tomatoes are vegetables, bananas are fruits, and anyway, all, all things that climb trees with their hands that look like monkeys are monkeys, and anyone who says otherwise d- doesn't even deserve, uh, doesn't even deserve, uh, yeah. they don't even deserve. Yeah, you are saying this out loud. I'm saying this out loud, and I mean it. They don't deserve to be alive. Oh, there, there I've are. said it, I've said it. If you think a gorilla is not a monkey, then shame on you. Go and jump off a cliff. If you think a banana is a herb, then go, g- disappear up your own backside. And if you think a tomato is a fruit, then I don't. Uh, you're certainly not the kind of person I'd like to live next door to. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queuing now on the A1, the Great North Road, heading southbound at the Black Hat roundabouts. Also, the M1 on the sensors looking very slow between the Toddington services and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The A1M's looking rather slow as well on the sensors between Junction 8 and Junction 7 for Stevenage. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very heavy at the moment, between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 19 at Watford. Also rather heavy heading anti-clockwise between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 15, the M4. The A1's also queuing just at Stirling Corner. On the trains, not seeing any problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much. 7.16, it's Monday the 21st of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford care home. Autism Bedfordshire say the problems at Foxgloves comes after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. And the chief executive of Hertfordshire-based Tesco, Philip Clark, is to step down in October the company has announced this morning. And if you think a banana is a herb, well then shame on you. BBC Three Counties Radio.
every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to the Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy cars to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from 3. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC yeah. Three Counties Radio. The farms is not a fruit! We've a, no, hang on. Banana, no, tomatoes are not a fruit. That's what we've established in the last 15 minutes so of the show. I thought... Yes, Kelly. That if it grew on trees, fruit... Grew from the ground, veg. It's about where the seeds are. Yeah, it's about where the seeds are. If it's in my fruit bowl, fruit. If it's in the fridge, veg. There you go, sorted. Thanks very much. If it's in a salad, veg. If it's uh, in a fruit salad, it's fruit. Thank you. I'm right, aren't I, Dave? Oh, yeah? I don't know. Well, have a listen to this. What is a banana? Well, I thought it was a fruit. Well, it's not. It's a herb. Oh, is it? Yeah, but it's a fruit. Oh, yeah, well, that's what I said. Well, exactly, but you're you're wrong. Uh, It's a a herb. (laughs) Yeah, Okay, what, is a to- what is a tomato? It's a vegetable. No, it's a fruit. No, it's a vegetable. It's a fruit. No. It's a fruit. All right. But it's a vegetable. <laughs> oh, dipstick. What is a potato? That's a vegetable. No, it's not. Oh, here we it's go. It's a meat. A meat? <laughs> a pot- no, a honestly, meat. a meat, a potato is a meat. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Where are you but getting it's all not, this it's gar- a vegetable. Where are you getting all this garbage from? OK, OK, here's something for you. This is, this is true, right? And this will blow yeah. your mind. No. What is a chicken drumstick? Well, it's a part of a leg, isn't it? Yeah, OK, so what would, you think, what would you think that makes it? What, what food category would you think that makes it? Well, what do you mean? It's meat. Wrong, it's a fruit. <laughs> a chicken drumstick is classified as a fruit. Am I on Free Kelly's radio? It's classed as a fruit. Who goes oh, around it? making these classifications? Well, you, you, that's what you say, OK. Well, I, that's what I say, yeah. yeah I, I know all... more than you, Dave Luton, yeah, yeah, as we've yeah. proved let's... many, many, oh, no, many times. No, you had to apologise to me twice, haven't you? What for? Yes. In the, on the past. No, mate, you made up. Yeah, remote control, where you got record button, remember? Didn't have to apologise for that. I was just you doing did. that to keep you. you yeah, you brought me back up and apologise. Um, I'm not talking. The second, what the second you... apology, Dave. Pardon. The second apology, Dave. I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, because it didn't happen. It did. No, mate. Oh, you supposed to? No, no, you supposed to have done me apology, but you said no. I'm not giving Dave apology. Well, what was it for? I've got no idea well, now. exactly, because you, you just you had a dream one night. I had a dream I was in a French no. post office last night. Yeah, yeah. It's true, yeah. I did. Oh, wasn't it with that guy, that Mark... Mark they weren't queuing, it was driving me nuts. Wasn't it that Mark, man, Mark on um, tr- for Traders? What? Didn't he ring you or something? What? On your private m- phone? Who? Mark, well, what? I forget his what? name. What? Yeah, it? Oh, Mark, oh, Mark yeah, Watts. He, yeah, and you, you said, oh, I suppose he told me I've got to apologise to you, but you said I'm not. Well, I'm not going to... Listen, I'm not going to apologise because Mark Watts from Rogue Traders, a made-up person, tells me to apologise to you. Oh, all right, then. Uh, look, can I... Tr- what I rung up about, yesterday, lovely day, 
many of my family went up to Stockwood Park to enjoy ourselves on the green, on the swings, and we walk around the museum. Did you go on the swings? No, because as we walked into the front entrance, sorry, sir, you've got to pay £3.50 for adult, one fifty for a child. I said, for what reason? We've got a charity event up here. Oh. I said, well, you can stick your charity event, and I'm off. We're off. And he said, goodbye. Why we must pay to walk into that museum or that park? Yeah. Why must we pay for charity? Well, we don't want to go to the charity event. We want to go into the park to what this sort of park is there for. And you wanted to go on the swings? No, the children wanted to go oh, on the swings. You wanted to go on the slad? No, no, the children wanted to go on the slide. I like going on the slad. Well, but it's... It's a new little... It's a big thing. Oh, yeah, you can get down on that, can't you? Yeah, yeah. get down on it, cowboy. Yeah, so... Yeah, so can you find out why we what, have to what, pay? What, what, charity, what charity was it? I've got no idea, because I didn't go in. You didn't ask? No, maybe no, it was a cha- Maybe it's a charity that you'd like. No, I don't like no charity. Maybe it was I for irritating pre- old duffers or something. No, no, I don't believe in any charity. You Thank don't... You. you don't believe in any no. charity. Thank you. No, yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I don't d- believe in charity. What do you, you don't believe in charity? Because uh, I don't. It exists. I, my charity is at my house. What do you do at your house? Go around shaking a big bucket and no, asking no. your family to put coppers in? Charity is at home, mate. Not, el- not elsewhere. That's not the saying. That's not the saying at all. What's the saying? What's that? What's the saying about charity and home? Charity is at home. Begins at home. There we go. We got there in the end. Okay. It doesn't mean... When they say charity begins at home, it doesn't literally mean your house. It does. No, it doesn't! I want want things in my house for my family. I don't want to give it away. Okay. I don't want money... We want money. Okay, Dave, thank you very much indeed. He's misunderstood the phrase charity begins at home. I don't know what the charity event was. If anyone can uh, fill us in on that. 08459 Dave has very kindly linked us into our next story because it involves swings and a slad. The big tour is in Stopfold this week where parents are telling us they're having to drag their children past a brand new playground because of red tape. Persimmon Homes agreed to build the park as part of the Trinity Manor Park housing estate. Trouble is, it's been there since March but still hasn't been signed off as safe. Stuart Hopkirk lives in Stockfold with his wife and two young kids. Joins me now. Morning, Stuart. Morning, Ian. Stuart, how old are your kids? Uh, five and 15 months. OK, so, so the, the five-year-old is, is, is perfect park age. You're just prime and ready to get in that park. It's all a bit of a mess that you can't go in there and play, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. It, it, it's, the, the, the bureaucracy around it is, is ridiculous, to be frank. It's, as you said, it's been ready since March... Um, we've, we've all, but there's, there's lots and lots of people that have moved out from sort of, sur- you know, surrounding counties of London, Watford Way. They've moved, they've moved out to this wonderful place that's been sold to them as, you know, this kind of new development that's got lots of, will have lots of swings and, you know, landscaping, uh, jogging tracks. You can download the plans from Central Bedfordshire and you can see it as it should be. Yeah. You know, we've been there, some of us have been there five years. I've been there three years. Um, and uh, persimmon just don't seem able to deliver on the, the things that are important to the residents that aren't really, that don't seem to be important to them because it doesn't make them revenue. But that's, that, that's how I see it anyway. So there are um, other things apart from this park that you, you say haven't been delivered? 
Well, yeah, absolutely. There, I've done. I've spent the best part of a year, uh, you know, sending emails and writing letters to various people, and you get, you know, your usual sort of, you know, uh, diplomatic responses and holding responses, and we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll, you know, we're progressing it with this, that, and the other, and people are finger pointing everyone else, um, but no one seems to be able to have any backbone say we can see what's happening here the kids can't play this thing's been locked up for five months um let's just get involved let's get a director involved to say common sense prevails let's wade through the red tape sign it off get some more staff on it and and just do it but the other things are stuff like uh the pavements along some of the some of the some of the um main routes are just littered with loose and sharp stones right. um they've just like sort of put dollops of tarmac in for, for ramps and my kid has, you know she's really good on her bike usually but she's falling off you know left right and center and i'm writing letters saying there's no heavy plant machinery going on these pavements why can't you just you know get some guy to tarmac it just just uh, just as a holding bit there's no grass areas for kids to play they spray the meadows with this caustic chemicals to kill all of the weeds but it just looks like it's you know some sort of spanish desert now because there's just simply nothing growing and it, and it doesn't look very nice so it, there's more than just the playground for sure Going back to the playground, now, because I, I, the argument is, if I've got this right, is Persimmon Homes say it's not their responsibility. Neither the council nor, nor, nor the contractors want to accept responsibility or liability if there's an accident. Is that right? I think that's where it's got to. And I understand that, that there are safety regulations, and I understand you've got to sign things off. It's got to go through the right channels. But it just it's the longevity that it takes, delays and the finger-pointing. But I think that's where we are with it now. Well, sure, am I naive here? Surely one of them just has... I, I would imagine... And, uh, Perhaps it's more complicated than this. One of them just has to take out an insurance policy and then go down, be the, be the king of the council, go down there with some bolt cutters, cut the chains and open up the park. That would be... That That's would it, be good, isn't yeah. it? You get an insurance policy that covers anyone who has an accident and then you open it up. Yeah, they, 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 they seem to be embroiled in, in this kind of finger-pointing thing, as I say. And there's also stuff like they, they needed some heavy plants to do something to the waterway. Anglian water needed to get involved. But this, this has been going on for, like, the best part of, you know, five, six months. And it's already been built. This, you know, it's just get down there, do it. The kids, are, uh, you know, the kids walk past and my, my daughter's like, she just understand it. She of course I don't. Just, she said, Daddy, when are you going to write another letter to the council? I'm oh, like, bless her. You know, I've she already written five. She's five. She, she shouldn't know about having to write letters to the council. She should be going down a slide and going on a swing. Well, this is it, I know, yeah. So there's another playground that should be built as well in the eastern development of, of the, of the uh, Green Acres site as well. But there's a section 110 or something, I, I think that's what it's called. And it's when 150 houses are built, both of these playgrounds should be ready. And, and actually, one of them's been ready but unopened for five months. The other one, they haven't even laid the first brick. You know, so there's that to come as well that's behind the community centre that doesn't exist either. It's just a dead piece of land. So it, it's kind of, that's what I say, so things that are important to the residents that aren't that don't seem to be important to yeah. them because they're too busy, wrapped up in this bureau, 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 bureaucracy. You know, Stuart, listen, as a dad, I can uh, completely understand your frustration about the park. And as someone, you know, you want to live somewhere that's nice and finished. So, uh, Stuart, thank you. We did ask to speak to the developers, Persimmon Homes, this morning. They sent us a statement. Went on a bit. In a nutshell, they told us the opening of the playground has been delayed due to work required within Pixbrook itself. They're now waiting for a report from the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents, which will allow the playground to open. Surely... 
council. Listen, if you want to be, be the king of the council, the king of that area, you make a phone call today. You phone up some insurers. You get an insurance policy. Make sure everyone's covered. You go down there with some bolt cutters. You cut the chains open. You open it up, and with a big megaphone of made out of rolled up newspaper, you go, "The park is open. Come play." Or don't you write a sign that says that children must be supervised at all time, and no one takes responsibility for their injuries if you're not with you a do parent. that you do that go and write a sign councillors whack it in and then you get you get a newspaper right and you open up the gate and you stand there the park is now open come play don't be divs that's what you gotta do go Very on. nice someone could go and be the king of that estate this afternoon if they just went and did that travel news for beds hearts and bugs bbc three counties radio the M1 heading southbound queuing at the moment between the Toddington services and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Take a look at the M25 looking very heavy heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21, the M1 and Junction 19 at Watford. Also looking rather heavy anti-clockwise between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 15 at the M4. In Boreham, we're looking very heavy at the moment on the A1 heading southbound just at Stirling Corner. And take a look at the trains. So far this morning, there's no reported problems or delays. Everything's running to time. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford care home. Autism Bedfordshire say the problems at Foxgloves come after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. The UK, the UK is also pressing the European Union to impose tougher sanctions on Moscow. And the chief executive of Hertfordshire-based Tesco Philip Clark is to step down in October. The company has announced this morning. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rory McIlroy is the Open golf champion for the first time. He finished 17 under par at Hoylake to finish two shots clear of Sergio Garcia and Ricky Fowler. I just needed to to stay, you know, focused and and stay in the present and and, and just really, you know, concentrate on what I was doing out there and um you know, to, to be three legs, um, you know, of the four towards the career grand slam at 25 is a is a pretty good achievement. So it's gonna it's it's not gonna sink in for a while, but um, you know, it just feels incredible right now. Despite starting 20th on the grid, Lewis Hamilton finished third in the German Grand Prix, but the Hertfordshire driver lost ground on teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg, who led from start to finish. To be starting from last, I didn't imagine that I'd be up on the podium, so I'm very grateful for, for the overall job uh, and, the, and the car. You know, The team have given us a great car. To be able to put in a performance like that is, uh, is just incredible, so I have to take my hat off to them. And for the Milton Keynes Red Bull team, Sebastian Vettel was fourth and Daniel Ricciardo sixth. England England's cricketers are facing defeat on the final day of the second test against India at Lords. England resumed this morning on 105 for four, still needing another 214 to win. Under fire captain Alistair Cook is already out for 22, but England assistant coach Paul Farbrace is backing the former Bedford school skipper. He's our leader, he's our captain, um, he's got the full backing of everybody in our dressing room and uh, we want him to succeed. And uh, I think you saw today that you know the people in the ground today genuinely wanted him to get runs and people 
people are behind him. We're certainly behind him. He hasn't changed. Nothing has changed for us. And we want him to score runs first and foremost. We want him to carry on as being our captain. He, he's a, a good captain. He's a good man. He's getting better with every game. And, and we want him to do well. And in football, a goal from Mark Cullen and a Jake Howells penalty gave Luton a 2-0 win at Barnet in yesterday's pre-season friendly. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at 8. Call 08459. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. I'm going to wait for Boyle to come back before I do this. I'm going to wait for Boyle to come back before I uh, do this. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Boyle's back. Boyle's back. Put your headphones on, love. What's going on? Do you remember the Barnfield incinerator? And don't, no, don't. The Barnfield incinerator, mm. big, it went on for years and years and years. We want this incinerator. We want this incinerator. And Eric Pickles came out and said, no, the inc- you, you can't have the incinerator. Yes. Right? Remember we spoke to uh, Terry Duris? Yes. From Hart- was it Hearts County Council? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asking how much the legal fees were. Yeah. Right? Oh, I don't know. Right? Half a million pounds? Ah, oh, I don't know. A million pounds on my questions? Ah, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Okay. He said he didn't have the figures. Okay. Well, Paul Scoynes has just sent an amazing tweet. He's got the figures. Oh, good. Six million pounds was spent. <laughs> the tweet from Paul Scoynes is, Hearts County Council spent almost six million pounds on Barnfield incinerator fight, which it lost. It then has a Now, clip- is this because it paid some of the... Developers. Yes, money. you click on t- you click on the link. Here's the story from uh, from uh, BBC website. A county council spent almost six million pounds trying to get plans for an incinerator in Hertfordshire approved. Um, the council said a project of this size doesn't come without cost. Uh, so let's let's get the breakdown here. The council said procurement costs, including so this includes procurement, including finance, legal, and technical fees totaled £5.45 million, while the planning process cost £460,000, including £400,000 for the inquiry. How... OK, so, so £400,000 for the inquiry, but the, the, the total... Well, legal, legal and technical fees are included in that £5.45 million. So how, when you ask a member of the council, or someone representing the council, how much it's cost so far, and it's cost £6 million... How could that member of the council not even have a ballpark figure? Not even have a rough idea that they have uh, spent, some might say wasted, £6 million. Pounds. Wow. Difficult. Awkwardo. Awkwardo. You'd have a ballpark figure. There would be someone in the background totting up going, guys, guys, we've reached £3 million. We've just reached £4 million. Pounds. We want to carry on with this? £6 million, pounds, guys, maybe we should stop? Or you have a really, really good reason why that money's been spent. Councillor Terry Duris, who was responsible for waste management, said the plant would have processed 380,000 tonnes of waste a year, saving taxpayers mm. £667 million over the 25-year contract. But it didn't. But it didn't. It cost the taxpayers £6 million. That's, that's, that's Terry Duris, who, who seems... A li- I met him the other week. He seems a little reluctant to come on the show again. We'll be hearing. Actually, we got. I know Justin's got a clip with him from uh, in, in a little bit, but uh, dearie, dearie me, <clears throat> six million pounds. When asked uh, last week or the week before on this show, how much does it cost? I don't know. The answer: six million pounds. Gosh, it's your money, guys. Hope you think it was well spent. 
This weekend, a music festival was held in the old town Hemel to celebrate the official opening of the new high street. You may remember that while work was being done to improve the area, we had trader after trader telling us how much money they were losing because shoppers just weren't going anywhere near it. Some went out of business. Some don't know how much longer they'll stay open after losing tens of thousands of pounds. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey was at this weekend's event, which many hoped will be a much-needed boost for business. Here's what traders had to say. Well, Fiona, in your shop, we are surrounded by customers. This is absolutely wonderful for you, isn't it? Lovely. It really is lovely. And some of them are people I've known from before that have found me again today. And so it's really great. The hope, of course, is that these people will come back. The roadworks are finished. The message is you are open for business. Come back. We are open for business and it's absolutely beautiful up here now and so it's just perfect for anybody to have a wander around, not only in the shops but the park area and the heritage trail that's open today as well. Thank you, I'll let you get back to your customers, take care. Thanks now. I'm here with uh, Michelle from Off The Wall Antiques. Um, How's your day been? It's been absolutely wonderful. The weather's helped, obviously, but we've had crowds and crowds of people, I've had lots and lots of customers... And I've made lots of sales. Well, now, if you're from the off-licence, what a change. You've got customers in your shop. You must be delighted about that. Um, yeah, very delighted. Yeah, we've been really quiet for the past sort of year. So today is officially the turning point for you and your business? I hope so, yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, here's Saeed. Saeed, you run the Moroccan restaurant. The atmosphere in the old town today is absolutely incredible isn't it it is absolutely brilliant um i hope we get more more events like this and it's brilliant everybody's loving it the weather's out everybody's enjoying themselves um excellent the last time we spoke to you uh, it was pretty desperate it was looking like you you could have lost the business Uh, how are things now i could have lost the business i've uh, had a family behind me who've been pushing me The shop people all along the high street that we've all been pushing each other, you know, to carry on and um, it's paid off. Well, it sounds like that it was a success. Terry Duris from Hertfordshire County Council was there as well. I'm here with Terry Doris. Terry, uh, sunshine, lots of people, lots of stalls. Today, it's been a great day, hasn't it? Absolutely great day. We've had so many people here and people who had probably not come to the old High Street before. They've seen the High Street looking great. They, they've seen the shops open. The shops, I think, have done a lot of business. The stalls have done good business. They've had great entertainment. It's just been a great day. And what's more, the sunshine. Terry, I'm on my best behaviour today. I'm not going to talk about car parking, but looking forward, do you think... There will be more events like this to help the businesses who have lost, of course, so much money over the last year or so. Events like today take an awful lot of organising, as you can appreciate, and there's only a fairly small team at the borough that organise them. But I would like to think that we can do more. You can't sort of pin X number of dates on me, but I would like to think... And that's one of the reasons that we've got the gates at the far end of the old High Street, that we can close the High Street off and do events such as this. Well, we can speak to Barry Garvin from Fret's Music Shop. Morning, Barry. Hi there. How was the weekend? Well, I have to say it surpassed all expectations. Even listening to the forecast on Saturday morning, we were thinking, because we had a stall outside our shop, um, as did quite a few of them, and we were kind of thinking it's probably not even worth setting up the stall because it's going to be an absolute washout. But um, luckily the forecasters were wrong. Um, We set everything up. People started to wander up. And for the whole day, I've never seen so many people in the high street. It was, you know, Now, it's good good you saw people in the high street. Were they buying? Um, Yeah, I mean, we had a reasonable Saturday. It wasn't, you know, 
it wasn't our best Saturday ever, but we, you know, we certainly were very encouraged by the fact that a lot of people had come up that hadn't seen our shop before. And, you know, I think this really could be a turning point for everyone in the high street. Do you think that this, this is going to be a significant change? People have been reminded or made aware that the high street is open and that there, there are plenty of shops up there for them to go and see? Absolutely. And just, um, just the fact that, you know, when people are up there, it did create a, re- a really nice vibe. There was a carnival atmosphere up there on Saturday. And, you know, it'd be good if... if I, I know that it was a one-off event having a band in the square, but I think if we could do this on maybe three or four times a year, it, you know, it would be really great for... You know, not just for the music scene, but for every everyone... Barry, listen, I wish you the best of luck. No, no doubt um, we'll, we'll speak at some point in the future just to check how things are going. But let's hope that this is the, the, the turning point we've all been waiting for. Let's hope so. Thanks a lot. Barry, thank you very much. Barry Garvin from Fretz Music. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, kids, I've just cut open the chain. The park is now open! That's all it needs. A sign. That's all it needs. Come on, you know, council. Like in, in supermarket car parks, when it <coughs> says that your car is parked here at your own risk. Yeah. So you just say, children should be supervised, no one over the age of eight, and any injuries are your parents' responsibility. I like the no one over the age of eight, because the pirate park where we go to, you get, like, 12-year-olds yeah. being really aggressive. And, uh, listen, I'm a big guy. I'm happy to tell a 12-year-old if they're playing aggressively near my children. Oi! Oi! Watch the little ones. Our local park got some new, got a refit recently. Yeah. Within the first weekend, the big kids had obviously got on the, uh, you know those rocking things? Yeah. One broken. I don't like those rocking things. Well, I'm not crazy about them. Yeah. And they took a slide. Oi! Watch, oi! Oi, you! Watch the little ones. But sometimes, you know, it's not even that they're doing anything, but the kids hanging about all in a group, sometimes they get a bit sweary and stuff. They shouldn't be in there. There's do you no tell reason. them off for the swearing? I will give them, yeah, I do shoot them a look. Oh, no, that's no, different. No, I tell them, I say, oh, I'll shoot them a look and say, excuse me, little ears. Yeah. I, I don't normally have to raise my voice. Here we go. This is, this is very niche phoning, OK? But I, I, if this take, takes off, this will be the best phoning we've ever done. What do you say to older children when they're swearing near your younger children? So what do you say? I'll say, excuse me, little ears. Or if they're really getting quiet, I'll yeah. say, excuse me, I... Think about what you're saying. Yeah. But I Oi, never... Watch, con- watch your language. I would never confront anyone r- normally, but if the children are there, I will. Oh, I'm happy to, to bully a 12-year-old. I also tell them off for um, littering. Because it's right near a supermarket, this, yeah. this park, and they go in and they buy family packs of donuts and Pringles don't and bite big your nails, bottles Kels. of pop. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, Catherine. What? Don't bite your nails, Kels. I wasn't. You were, mate. No, I don't bite my nails. You were just biting... Show Catherine your nails. Beautiful. All of them? Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, all right. Anyway, so... Wait, what's your language, Kells? Littlands. They go and have a picnic, basically, and um, I'll tell them off if they litter. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. What do you say when you're telling off older children near your younger children? But the thing is, as well, because we're not quite sure what the situation is uh, within this park in Stockfold, uh, but if it is, because the, the council won't come on, yeah. but if it is simply that no-one wants to take responsibility for it, would you, would, would you ever sue... Who, if your kids hurt themselves in a park, which, unless it had been <clears throat> because, you know, there were razors on the slide or, you know, something like that. My boys are always hurting themselves in a the park. We don't sue. But don't you always check the equipment before you let the kids on it? Uh, no. I always, look at, I always have a look at the slide. What, see if there are razors on it? Well, no, because people smear stuff on it, you know, if they've had an ice cream or whatever, oh, well, you can or see worse. It, you can see it's dirty. So you have a look. So I would know if there was razor blades on the slide. I wouldn't know if there were razor blades on I the slide. I also do a little check for uh, graffiti, because my five-year-old's quite good at reading now. Yeah. I had a bit of a difficult conversation with her about uh, male hens. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's always a lot of booze bottles. I mean, fair play. I remember being 15. I remember going having a, a, a sneaky drink in the park and stuff. But I'd always clear up my litter. That was different. But why would you sue? Why would you sue a council if your kid had f- just, you know, had fallen off the the climbing frame at the wrong angle or something? As long as they put that bounty foam in, you're not going to do yourself that much damage, are you? Unless you're being a right cranny. Or um, uh, uh, wood chips. I think wood chips are out of favour now, aren't they? No, uh, some places you still get them. Posh mm. places, isn't it? Doesn't that stick in your wound? In your womb. <laughs> wound. A womb. wood chip. A womb. A wood wood chip wound. You know, you don't want to splinter. That's quite nasty. Kels, what's your favourite uh, material for the, the surfacing playgrounds for safety reasons? Yeah, the spongy. It's spongy, yeah. Spongy. Nice one. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 Nicola. Great North- yeah, hello. What's your favourite surface for um, playgrounds? You know, for, for health and safety reasons. The girls here are saying the spongy bits. I prefer the, the kind of dark bark chip wood stuff. Oh no, I've got splinters from that before you see. Oh, so oh. I would go with the spongy, yeah. spongy stuff. The thing is, as well. if you if you if you fell off the top of the slide because you're showing off to boys and stuff, mm. and you bashed your head on the spongy stuff, that is still going to cause damage. I think. Oh, I don't know. I've, I've been there, and it's it doesn't. You just sort of just bounce a little bit. Okay, you show off to boys at the park, do you? Yeah. You're a grown yeah. woman for crying out loud. What are you doing that for? Well, just past bit of time, you know. I suppose so. Anyway, let's have the travel. So it's queuing on the A1, the Great North Road, heading southbound, just at the Black Cat roundabout as those roadworks are continuing there. The M1's also looking very slow at the moment between the Toddington Services and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The M25, very heavy moving, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 15, the M4. And also queuing on the A1, heading southbound just at Stirling Corner. So far, there's no reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, B. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.46, it's Monday the 21st of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been revealed that Hertfordshire County Council spent almost £6 million trying to get plans for an incinerator approved. The energy from waste plant proposed for Greenbelt land at New Barnfield was turned down by the government last week. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. And a charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford care home. Autism Bedfordshire says the problems at Foxgloves come after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. 08459 455555. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Georgina. The weather news. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello? Hello? Is she up? Has she got a cob on? Because I said travel. She'll be there, man. She's not there, man. Georgina! If I, is it, if it's because I've said travel, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Georgina. I, I really I had a terrible headache last night. I've not slept well this weekend. There, there are things going on at home. I'm not focusing clearly. So I'm sorry, Georgina. Please. Please, Georgina. Heavy showers gradually easing, rather warm overnight with light winds. This evening and tonight, scattered thunderstorms will slowly die away throughout the evening, becoming mainly dry for many and feeling rather warm and humid. Top temperature 16 degrees Celsius, that's 61 Fahrenheit. Thank you, Georgina. Are we friends, Georgina? I wouldn't say friends. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. That's not... That's Kath! Yeah, no, I was just pretending to be Georgina. We're mates. No, we're not. What did you... Did you know she was doing the weather? Yeah, she's sitting next to me. I can see her. 
can see my mouth moving. I can see you as well, but I didn't. Did oh, I didn't put two and two? Oh, I feel like such an. No, you totally punked me. It. You punked me, guys. Brilliant. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start Crying soon. Take your teeth out of me. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I said punked. They punked me. So, a couple of things uh, up for. Wait, listen, by the way, you know the rules, guys. You can call in about anything you want. If you want to tell me you had a nice trifle at the weekend. Oh, I love a good trifle. Don't put booze in it, though. I don't like, I don't like, the, don't like booze in a trifle. Oh, I make a gorgeous cherry chocolate one. Uh, does it have... Loads of booze in it, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the booze in it. It makes it all bitter. No, delicious. No, it makes it bitter. And why don't you have a glass... i tell you what, make one without booze in it and then just have a glass of booze next you to it. multitask. You can eat your booze. Do your kids like it with booze in? They don't get any. Do you have... Uh, what do you put at the bottom? Cake. Well, that's not, a sp- that's not a trifle, then. Of course it is. You've got to have cake in the bottom. No, nah, it's not a trifle, mate. Talk about. It's not the, you, you, the trifle does not have cakey in it. Of course it does. No, it doesn't. Sponge in the bottom. No, it does not. That is not the true trifle. Oh, do shut up. The true trifle does not have a um, base at the bottom of cakey or sponge or biscuit does fingers. It doesn't have nothing. It just have, like, the jelly and stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's supposed to have jelly in a trifle. Oh. Now you're just talking crazy. I'm, I, I, all right, I need an old woman to call me up, please. Or a good cook. 08459 455 555. Local radio, by the way, and I may be d- re- reusing this uh, a little bit later on. Oh, no, I can't, I'm not allowed phone calls. Uh, but what makes a trifle? It's ca- you can't have cakey in the bottom of a trifle. You've got to have sponge. Isn't it ladyfingers? Those are a vegetable from a Chinese shop. You're thinking of okra. Oh. The, 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 the biscuit fingers. Yes. Yeah, no, you're not supposed to have that. You're not supposed to have a base in a trifle. Of course you are. I thought you did. Of course you are. You're Ignore not. Him. He's talking. Uh, he's talking. Are nonsense. you thinking of something else? I'm thinking of a trifle. All right. Explain your layers to me. I don't know the layers. Oh wait, oh, someone will. An old, wo- an old woman will know it. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you're a woman over the age of sixty, what is a trifle? It's your cake, your jelly, your custard, your cream. <laughs> What's in your trifle? I'd like to know. Well, I would like. I like trifle with cake in or or lady fingers, okra, but that's not technically a trifle. Go on then, tell us. You got your fruit. You okay. got your jelly. Yeah. You got your custard on the top, and that's delicious. No cream. And your cream. Well, you put cream on it. All right, someone's calling in because this is this is sadly the thing that's going to go this morning. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We've been talking. Uh, all morning about playgrounds uh, and uh, partly because we're in Stockfold for the, the big tour and um, there's a playground that's not open, it's been finished, was finished in March, it's all locked up and no one can go there. Well Roy, you live opposite the playground, is that right? Yep, right outside I'm looking at it right now. Uh, and, and does it look finished? Does it well, Describe what you can see there. Oh, it's a very nice climbing frame, we've got some swings uh, lovely little kickabout court and uh, it's closely cropped glass, grass, it's recently been done and the bins have been emptied recently as well and for it, all intents and purposes it just looks open and, and the it, kids treat it as such when they can get in there is, So is it, is it fenced off, is it locked up? 
Yeah, um, it's got a, a builder-style fence around the perimeter. Um, it's got a, a safety fence for the kids when it's live. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's double-fenced, in fact, at the moment. And you've got a little two-year-old, have you, Roy? That's right, Ben. Ben, and uh, th- I know the, the pull... I've got a two-year-old. The pull of a two-year-old, they, they see something, they want to go there. It must be hard for you trying to explain what's going on. Well, it's the slides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he sees the slides and he wants that. Uh, it's difficult. Um, and he doesn't want to go down the slides. He wants to climb up the slides, of course. Always. That's, it's always climbing up the slides. Yeah, the opposite of what other children are doing, actually, is what he wants yeah. to do. <laughs> oh, he's like my boy. <laughs> and he, he, he can't understand what's going on, can he? No, he can't. He, there's lovely bright colours out there. Um, yeah, it looks very nice and there's some difficulty getting him to understand that, even though he sees other kids in there, because there is a way of forcing a way in. Right. Um, it's not something that we want him to do. And so what, I, I still can't quite get my head around the beef here. Is it because someone doesn't want to accept responsibility for it? Well, we've been living opposite this since they started the work on this area, which is April 2013, with a notice of it taking six to eight weeks at that point. Oh, blimey. Um, there's some, a plan changed partway through it. There's a, a walkway just the other side, a, a pavement that's got, so it was widened to allow bicycles on it. Yeah. And it's got lampposts slap bang in the middle of it. Brilliant. Now, the developers who did the widening waited for the developers who were supposed to move the lampposts, and um, they didn't show up. So they had to complete the pavements because they had to finish their job and get out of sight. Yeah. So you've got lampposts still slap bang in the middle of the pavements, and we understand that's the reason why de- it, they can't open this area up. Hang on, what, hang on. They can't open the park because there are lampposts in the middle of a pavement? Well... We've got limited information. Um, yeah, of you know, course. We're only told what the developers... The, um, the, there was a lovely subcontracting company who were doing the work for Persimmon to um, build the footbridge that leads over to it. And uh, that's the information they told us at the time. Uh, the play area wasn't even started to be developed at that point. That's only happened in this year. Oh, man. Well, listen, uh, Roy, I, I, I'm hope- I mean, neither the council nor, nor uh, Persimmon Homes wanted to come on the show this morning, which is always frustrating, because it would be great if they could come on and give us a straight answer. Uh, we'll be following this one very closely, Roy, and, and fingers crossed that, you know, at some point, your, your boy may get to go in there and play in the park before he's too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before he's too old. But I, I don't hold much hope of that, given the timescales so far. Roy, listen, thank you very much for coming on. I wish you the very best of luck. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Across beds, oh, hearts yeah. and bugs. This can is you feel it? BBC Please, Three can Counties you feel Radio. it for me? Can you feel it? The fab of the show. Can you feel it? Groove it. Ouch. Shirley's in Milton Keynes. Shirley? Yes, hello, Ian. Back me up, please, Shirley. You don't put... Cakey in a trifle. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, no, you, you use d- trifle no. sponges. No, you don't. Yes, you do. You do if you're lazy and I've you don't know what a trifle is. i over the years it's not to a trifle. know how to make a trifle. It is not a trifle. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is. It is not. It is. Surely it is not. Listen, Ian, yes. I am nearly 70 years old. I know how to make a trifle. You have been brought up wrong. No, Who, taught Who taught you? Who taught you? My mum did. And who taught her? Her mum. Well, they're both wrong. No, they're not. Your family tree are wrong. Your mother and your grandmother are wrong, and you are wrong. And if you're teaching it to your children, they're wrong. No, they're not. Not at all, Ian. Okay, give me the layers of your trifle. Trifle sponges in the bottom. Yes. And then your jelly. Yeah. And then put your fruit in. Right. And then... You make your custard, let that cool down. Yes. You, well, you let your jelly set in the fridge first. Yeah. 
You make your custard. Right. You let that cool down and then you pour that over the top, put it back in the fridge. Okay. And when that's all set, you yeah. then put your whip your cream. All right. Put your cream on the top okay. and then decorate yeah. it however yeah. you want to do it. Yeah, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. You don't put sponge you in do. a trifle. That is why you can buy trifle sponges. You can buy them, but that doesn't mean you can buy tins of beans with sausages in. It doesn't mean that they're right. It's not what God intended. Oh, well, you do it your way. I watched you on Come Dine With Me and you cheated on that. Exactly. Well, no, no, hang on a second. You can come in in a sec. How on earth did I cheat on Come Dine With Me? You admitted you cheated on that. What cheating did I do? It was when you did your dessert. No, I I didn't cheat. You said you did. Well, okay. it was now, technically, yes, I cheated, but... Well, there you go, then. You've just admitted it. No, but I was making... um, I can't remember what I was making, but it didn't set properly. And so I turned. I did what every good chef would do, Shelley. I turned my disadvantage into an advantage. Yes, but you still admitted that you cheated. <laughs> yeah, um, Shirley, you're right. He's wrong. We both yes, know this, and the rest do, of the world Catherine, knows it. Yeah. All right. And if you've got no sponge, what does your booze sink into? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> this, all right, Shirley, stay there, because I think Lorna and Flittick is going to agree with me, aren't you, Lorna? Hello, Ian. Well, I've got an old Victorian recipe book, and it says Victorian trifle. A bottom layer of plain cake sandwiched together ah! with jam, heavily <laughs> soaked with sherry. There you go. And it was then topped with vanilla-flavoured egg custard. Apparently, um, cherries right. and Angelica were added at Christmas time for decoration. Lorna, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm detecting an accent. Whereabouts are you from? South Africa. Disqualified. <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even British, love. My parents are British, Doesn't... so I do qualify. No, I'm sorry, Lorna. You're a South African. <laughs> you, you, do, you cannot take part in this discussion, disqualified. You can't win this one this morning. Oh, I, oh, I will win this, no, Shirley. No, you won't. And she's quite right. I've forgotten about that. You make a little sort of jam sandwiches out of your sponge. That's correct, yes. No, are you still there, Lorna? Yes, of course I am. You've been disqualified. <laughs> I'm going to make you one. Ian, have you ever made a trifle? Huh? Have you ever made a trifle? What has that got to do with anything? Because... It seems what? like you, you may not have... These good women here... Well, Shirley and, and, and Lorna, who, let's be honest, shouldn't be part of this conversation. I'm being very polite letting her stay on the line. They may have made something. They have not... They've made a boozy cake with custard on. It's not a trifle. I don't always put booze in my trifle. No, because you, you're too busy glugging it down it. while you're making it. There's none left. Especially if children are going to eat it. Yeah, yeah. Shirley. Th- right, l- l- Shirley, Lorna, thank you very much indeed. I'm going to make one today. Please do. That'll show you. But don't put booze in it. OK. But make one and I'll eat it, because I like that, that pudding, that dessert that you're describing. It's just a shame it's not actually, you know, a trifle. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queuing at the moment on the Great North Road heading southbound, approaching those roadworks at the Black Cat roundabout. Also queuing on the M1 between the Toddington Services and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 very slow moving between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20, Kings Langley. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, there's been an accident between Junction 16, the M40, and Junction 15 for the M4, so it is queuing at the moment. Also very heavy on the M40 London bound between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 1A for the M25. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, so we'll be finding out more about the £6 million that Hertfordshire County Council has spent on an incinerator 
that isn't going to be built. Well, do you think that's money well spent? And how do you make a trifle? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, County Council spent nearly £6 million on failed incinerator bid. Tesco boss to leave and Cameron to make statement to MPs on Ukraine plane crash. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been revealed that Hertfordshire County Council spent nearly £6 million on an incinerator project which was rejected earlier this month. Plans for the new Barnfield Energy from Waste Plant were thrown out by the government on environmental grounds. More from our political reporter Paul Scott. Coins. Background costs, including finance, legal and technical fees, amounted to £5.4 million. The planning process cost £460,000 and most of that was spent on the inquiry held last September. Hearts County Council say whilst most of their money has been, quote, aborted, unquote, they're still in contract with the proposed operators Violia and have other options available. The chief executive of Tesco, Philip Clark, is to step down in October. He'll be replaced by Dave Lewis who's currently an executive at Unilever. Hertfordshire-based Tesco says Mr Clark will continue to help manage the handover until the end of January next year. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. In a statement this morning, President Putin says Russia is doing everything possible to allow a team of international experts to investigate the scene. The United Nations Security Council has called for a immediate ceasefire in Gaza. More than 100 Palestinians, mainly civilians, died in violence yesterday. Israel says 13 of its soldiers were killed. A charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford care home. Autism Bedfordshire say the problems at Foxgloves come after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. Bedford Borough Council say their confident staffing issues will be resolved, but Annie Trespass says she hasn't had respite care for her autistic son for over six weeks. The council are currently holding meetings with parents in August. And I think what they're trying to do is renegotiate dates. So, yeah, I'm really just waiting for a resolution from, from the council. Police in Chesham are hunting a man who sexually assaulted a woman in the early hours of yesterday morning. It happened at the junction of Lindhurst Road and Overdale Road at around 2.30am when the woman in her 30s was pushed into a hedge and attacked. Hospitals in Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire are failing to meet their targets for waiting times in accident and emergency. Figures for the previous month show that too many people were waiting longer than four hours at Stoke Mandeville and Bedford Hospitals. More from Carol Abercrombie. The government set the target that 95% of people visiting A&E should be seen within four hours. Stoke Mandeville only achieved between 91 and 94% in the four weeks up to Friday the 13th of July. Bedford Hospital fell below the target in the three weeks from the 22nd of June, but achieved 95.3% in the most recent week we have figures for. In sport, Rory McIlroy is the Open golf champion for the first time. He's only the third player after Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus to win three major tournaments by the age of 25. The weather, another hot and humid day, maximum temperature 25 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Oh, that's the wrong thing. Sorry, I should have done this. BBC. It don't matter. It don't matter. We've stuck. We're in now. We're in. We're up and running. I should have... And, and then this... We're up and running, and then that. 
across there we go. beds, oh, it's half and bucks. This is BBC oh, it's half seven. Three Counties Radio. I thought it was half past seven. Bonus. Bonus, guys. It's four minutes past eight. Not that we should wish our lives away, but boy, I'm wishing my life away right now. No, no, don't. We've had to... We've had a text. We've had a text. Which I don't know if... I don't want to read that text. You can read it. Well, I think it's a facetious text. We've asked, uh, what what do you say when you're telling older kids off for swearing or being naughty (laughs) near younger kids? You going to read that? Well, I'll read it out carefully. Okay. Because I thought you could do that because you're a grown-up and you are also a broadcaster of some repute. Nuts to that. (laughs) Tony says, if big kids were swearing near my kids, I would tell them to... Off. Oh. The kids don't need to hear that sort of language. You're setting a bad example. Do one. If you are to tell them to mind their language, can they swear in a foreign language, says Tony. Do you get the joke? Yeah. What is the joke? Um, <clears throat> change your language. Wrong. What? Tony has done a very clever um, uh, popular cultural joke. Oh, has he? There. You won't get it because you're too young. Do you not remember the television programme, Mind, Mind Your, Your language. language? Barely, no. I've heard about it in history ba, 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 books. Ba, 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 ba. It was good. It was loads, it was good. Right? It was loads of foreigners um, at a night school learning English. I've just thought of a phone-in. Yeah. When was the last time you sold someone else's kids off? <coughs> Mine was... Excuse me, I think you've dropped that. One of those sarcastic, I think, helpful... Right. You've just littered and I spotted you kind of comments. I belted someone's six-year-old the other day. No, you never. <laughs> I didn't. I don't do it very often. I still, it's just at the park if they're being little, little so-and-sos. Carol, do you want to chip in? I told you off this morning when you made me jump. You're someone's kid. It's, it's true, it's true. It's true. I am indeed someone's kid. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. We'll get the latest on the £6 million that Hertfordshire County Council have spent on the uh, aborted incinerator. £6 million. When I asked Terry Doris from the council the other week, yeah, he didn't know what the figure was. He couldn't even take a punt. £6 million. And also, you don't put cakey in a trifle. Come on, guys. We all know that. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. You'll give, you'll yeah, go on then. We'll call you. Oh, you, oh you, OK. The charity Autism Bedfordshire says families across the county are struggling to get respite care for their children. In Bedford, parents have had stays at the Foxgloves Care Home cancelled due to a lack of specialist staff. They say the alternative provision they've been offered in Hertfordshire is unsuitable and would mean more travel and expense. Oh, we can speak now to the chair of Autism Bedfordshire, Lainey Miller. Morning, Lainey. Good morning. Uh, You're also the mother of a son with severe autism. Uh, Have you experienced the sort of problems that we're hearing about this morning? Um, Unfortunately, no, I didn't experience these problems. As my son, um, I had direct payment support, which meant... I had a carer that come and stayed with me every other weekend and and she had her own bedroom and she would support us through any respite that we needed. But um, there are parents struggling across the whole of the county. It's not just Bedfordshire. People are struggling for regular respite care. Why? Why is there such a struggle? Is it limited places? Is it limited funds? What's going on? It could be the the, the fact that, you know, like in Foxglove's actual position at the moment is uh, a lack of staff. Um, But if you're running a care home and you need to have, you know, regular staff in, then there should always be that recruitment drive. There should always be that bank staff that can support these, you know, families for respite because it is desperately needed. The reason these children go into respite is because the family need it to carry on with another day for that support. 
what criteria do families with autistic children have to meet to get the respite care? Do, is it, do you get different services depending on the d- degree of autism? Yes, you can get different services. There's the direct payment scheme where they you know, allocate the parents the money and the parents can hire their own support workers to take the children out in the community. Other parents want actual a complete break where they actually go into some kind of residential setting or a shared care scheme where these are people that actually take children in your house for the weekend and obviously they're vetted, they're looked after, they're trained and they can give the, the parents that much needed complete, you know, 24-hour, 48-hour break that is needed for them to recharge their batteries and carry on. And if parents don't get that respite, what happens is then the family becomes so tired and worn out that a crisis could then occur. Some of the uh, that the parents have been offered or the, have been offered respite care elsewhere out in Hertfordshire, mm-hmm. but they've turned it down. Why, why? Some people might be wondering why they're turning it down. Well, if, if you imagine a, a child going to a regular respite care home, such as Fox Club, on a regular basis, they know the home, they know the venue, they know the staff, it's familiar, it's routine, it's consistent. If you then start to say, well, okay, we, need, we can offer you this alternative, what happens is, is that child doesn't know that building, doesn't know that staff, becomes very confused, and actually that would cause a child to go into crisis because it's like being, you know, picked up, you know, and just dropped somewhere that actually, where am I? What am I doing? Who are you? What, what am I, you know, and panic would set the anxiety levels would really, really increase. And it's not that an alternative couldn't work, but it has to be a stage process where the child would go to that Hertfordshire home for a tea visit for one week and then another tea visit right. and another tea visit, and you would have to build it up. So immediate respite wouldn't work because it's a transition that would have to be worked over several weeks for them to get used to that home. Well, Lainey, let's hope that Foxglove sorts it out and they manage to recruit the staff soon. Lainey Miller, Chair of Autism Bedfordshire. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. So, breaking news this morning. Breaking news uh, this morning is that the... Uh, we all know the Barnfield incinerator was turned down. It was turned down last week, possibly the week before. I can't quite remember. Um, and we spoke to Terry Durris as a representative from the council and uh, asked how much it had cost, how much the, the, the several years, five or so years, had cost to, uh, to, to fight this battle. He didn't have a figure. I asked him half a million. He said, I don't know. A million? Ah, he doesn't know. Well, um, turns out today the figure's been announced. It's six million pounds that has been spent if you want to see this this is we've uh, all retweeted the link to the bbc news website that has this story hertfordshire county council agreed the plans from viola in october 2012 the decision was called in by the department for communities and local government um community secretary eric pickle said the benefits did not outweigh the potential harm to the green belt um, and the council said procurement costs, including finance, legal and technical fees, totaled £5.45 million, while the planning process cost £460,000. So, cost £6 million. Sound like a significant amount of money? It does, really, doesn't it? 08459 455 555. Peter's in Wellham Green. Morning, Peter. Morning, Ian. Peter, what, what do you make of this? Um... <laughs> Well, very, very happy that we've had our victory that we've worked so hard for over the last few years. But, but the thing that Harts County Council, they signed a contract with Viola, a 25-year contract, 
and that contract hasn't going to come to fruition now. So, if you break a contract, what happens? You get sued for compensation, which I'm pretty sure you, you'll be more privy to this information than me. And the, the figure that I've heard, and I can't back this up, is ten million. Where, where have you heard this from, Peter? Uh, I'm very friendly with a lot of HAI committee, etc., etc. Kathy right. Rowe, Paul Sikowski. And obviously, if you, if you break a contract, yes. you have to pay for that. OK, so you're, you're, you're suggesting that this, this £6 million could rise to as much as £16 million. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Put that to one side. We're going to speak. I know we're just getting uh, political reporter Paul Scoynes up uh, on the phone, so we can, we can put that to him. He, he'll know more about it than me. Okey-dokey. If it doesn't go above £6 million, though, if, 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 if the £6 million is the total, still a lot of money, isn't it? Well, the thing is, we're paying it. It's, it's not Harts County Council that are paying it, we're paying it. And they also paid a quarter of a million pounds of the odor's cost, and that is a fact. Peter, listen, I appreciate your time. We have got Paul Scoynes on the line. Paul, uh, before we go into the detail of this, let, let's uh, go to that specific point that Peter was mentioning. Is there uh, a clause in this contract that says the Harts County Council would have to pay Veolia compensation? Well, all we know about the contract is that uh, Hearts County Council have said that they're still in contract with Veolia and they still have options available. So whether or not that means uh, that, that I don't, I don't, I'm not sure about the ins and outs of the contract, whether or not there was a clause. I mean, whenever you go into planning permission, you always go into it on the basis that you know you might not win. Mm. So actually, you know, I would imagine that Veolia did a, a account for this and... Uh, and that the, the contract was signed on the basis of whether or not they were successful. Give us a bit of background uh, to this story, Paul. And of course, uh, then the contract would, of course, be binding. Paul, so I don't know whether or not the ins and outs of that contract mean that, that they won't be able to, uh, to continue with it. It sounds like they will. Paul, give us a bit of background to this and tell us what the latest is and where exactly we are today. Well, this is something that we've just seen this morning. Uh, I think this is research that's been carried out by uh, our news online teams into the cost of the actual challenge and the the process of of putting this uh, on the table. And and that amounts, as you say in the introduction, to £6 million, just under, and a huge amount of money, really, when you think about it. Nearly uh, £5.4 million of that was spent on the sort of uh, finance, legal, technical sort of fees needed to to get this together. Uh, And then the planning process itself cost uh, just shy of half a million pounds. £400,000 of that was actually spent on the inquiry that was held last September. So a vast amount of money, uh, which has effectively, and and to quote Hearts County Council, been aborted. Um, That means now that, uh, of course, they're they're back to the the drawing board. And and indeed, the reason that this whole um, plant was being put together was that uh, the council said it would save uh, taxpayers over the 25-year contract that they had with Fiolia, uh, around £667 million. But of course, you know, the, they now need to find a new strategy to get rid of their black bin waste. Uh, they say they can't com- uh, continue putting it into landfill because it's too expensive uh, and they need to find another way. Of course, opponents of this scheme say, well, there was always other options open to them. They didn't have to go down the route of incineration and indeed they're very happy but uh, are pretty shocked at the, uh, the level of cost that's already been spent on the project so far. When we spoke to Terry Duris last week, he uh, didn't rule out the possibility of appealing this. Do we know any more about that? 
Uh, well, at the moment, all Harts County Council has said is that it's looking into other options. So we don't know whether or not that will eventually mean an appeal. Of course, an appeal means extra money, and uh, and that will be something that taxpayers in Hertfordshire certainly won't welcome. If you live in St Albans, your uh, local council just spent around £1.4 million uh, failing to appeal the uh, the big rail freight terminal at Helioslough. And, of course, in Bedfordshire, uh, taxpayers spent around £4 million on the, uh, the failed Naira project as well. So, I mean, not a great time for taxpayers, but a good time if you're in the legal profession and you're working on these sorts of appeals. Well, I was going to ask Paul, if these councils have lost quite resounding defeats here, is, is it bad advice? Is it arrogance? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, I think the the, uh, the, the they, they, they go into these battles um, and some of these do take a long time. You know, you've got the, the judicial reviews, you've got high court challenges, you've got uh, public inquiries. All of these are very expensive to put put on uh, and they're made to put these on by um, by the challenges. And then you go into it knowing that you might not be successful. And mm. I suppose a contingency is put aside for that. I mean, the council are clearly very disappointed that they weren't able to get this uh, energy from waste uh, and I don't think that uh, at the moment they're really too sure whether or not to start appealing and, and putting more money, of course, that way. And, you know, when you've had a ruling from the Secretary of State uh, and the planning inspector, who's the government planning inspector, who says that uh, this failed on, on a number of environmental grounds, you do wonder that anything in this own, you know, in the, 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 the guise that this was in would, would have any more success. Are they- Paul, uh, we've got to end it there because we're going to be a bit late for the travel. Thank you very much, Paul Scoynes. 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, queuing at the moment on the speed sensors between the Toddington services and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving at the moment between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also taking a look at the M40, that's looking very heavy London bound between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 1A for the M25. So far on the trains, not seeing any problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 8.17, it's uh, Monday the 21st of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been revealed that Hertfordshire County Council spent almost £6 million trying to get plans for an incinerator approved. The new Barnfield proposal was turned down by the government last week. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. And a charity says autistic children are being denied respite care at a Bedford care home. Autism Bedfordshire say the problems at Foxgloves come after it was threatened with closure back in 2010. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely combination of town and country. There's some really good rural qualities around here. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. It's a fascinating place. There's quite a lot of country walks you can do. It's a good mixed town. Inviting everyone to where you live. Everybody's so nice and friendly. That's what I like about it. There's a community spirit that people seem to pick up on. If you've got a story everyone should hear about... Let us tell them about it. It's a very friendly, gentle place to live. I was born here. We've only been here for a few years and been made to feel really welcome. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. 
call 08459 455 555. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three counties already. Yeah. You know, I, what a light top you've got on today. Look at that. It's a white shirt with, I would say these are navy polka dots. I'm not yes, too close. but it's very, uh, it looks very light and summery, as if it's letting the air in. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, oh, are you saying that I've got holes? No. Are you saying you can see my nipples? No, no, well, I can actually, but um, no, it's quite light material, isn't it? It's very summery, lovely. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm paying you a nice compliment. Do you want a knuckle sandwich? <laughs> it, it's summer. <laughs> yes, it's nice. You're wearing a nice summery top. Cass, I'm, I'm confused. Sorry? Uh, does he want... I'm confused. Are you gaping in there? No, I'm not. I've asked he's about not, the gape. No, he's no, going to a gape. He looks... It's like a, a summery, he's, summery he's, blouse. He's off again now. He's doing it again. <laughs> he's calling it a blouse. He wants a knuckle sandwich. You want to give him one? I'm going to poke in the eye with a sharp stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give him a slap in the belly with a no. wet fish. Oh, don't do that. Do you have a nice weekend? Um, yeah, it was all right. I had a row with Vanessa Feltz on Saturday. Oh, why was that? Oh, uh, you know, just professional stuff. Oh. Um, and uh, then Sunday, we went for like a walk in Windsor Great Park, which was very nice. Yeah. Oh, how nice. Very, very posh. Lovely. I spent most of the weekend trying to get rid of the fleas in my house. How's that going? Not so well. I think it's going to be an ongoing problem. Yeah. So you put the stuff around the court, around the, the, oh, the edges. Oh, I put the stuff out. I, I, went, I went to the vet's. Yeah. On uh, on Friday, I'd had enough of it. I went yeah. to the vets and I bought this special can of stuff. They said to put this on all over your carpets. Yep. Twenty quid it cost me for this tin of stuff. Ooh. Put that all over the carpet. Yeah, he's still scratching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these things—they're deep down in the carpet. They they are in the carpet. They're in the nooks and crannies. They're in the cupboards. They're everywhere. Yes. Uh, you, you, the only way to do it is to burn the house down and start again. <laughs> Seriously, you, you will. I have to set fire to my new all house. All you need to do right. is miss one pregnant flea. Yes. You've got another 10,000. Got another load. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I'll get, I'll get the, the handle on it. Okay, well, I'm not coming around until you do. No. That's a threat. No, uh, in fact, I've noticed that uh, I'm not visits, visits have dried right up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go and see Jay Fleas. No, exactly. No around. If you uh, If you ever want to become a recluse, ladies and gentlemen, just pretend you've got fleas yeah, yeah, and seemingly no one wants to come around anymore. You're not doing fleas on your show this morning, are you? No, we're not. What we're doing got? Russia okay. and Putin. Let's put the boot into Putin. How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? That's the question I'm asking from nine this morning. It's the story that dominates the front pages. Pariah Putin faces new sanctions within days. What have you got to hide, Mr Putin? And PM will freeze Russian billions, just some of today's headlines. Today, David Cameron will make a common statement on the shooting down of the Malaysian plane, flight MH17, over eastern Ukraine. Almost 300 people died, 10 of them from Britain. The Prime Minister has spoken by phone to Russia's President Vladimir Putin to condemn the deaths as totally unacceptable. He's demanding full access to the site for aviation inspectors. Well, today, I don't know about you, this weekend, mm. it's all anyone's been talking to me about. Yep. Uh, Saturday, a friend of mine phoned me up. She said, can I come round, despite the fleas? Oh. I'd like to come round because I want to talk to you about Putin. Wow. There's a lot of anger out there. Yeah. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin. He's, he's a nasty bully, isn't he? What, what are we going to do? Well, we, he, he, he's, OK, so with some billionaires, we say, right, you can't move your funds, you're, you're stuck. OK. He controls our gas. 
Uh, France is in the middle of a multi-billion uh, pound deal to supply warships to them, and they're not going to bail out of that. Uh, d- d- if we do something on our own, it's not going to have any impact whatsoever. If Europe did something, it might do, but th- 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 that's not going to happen. But we've got to. We've got with, to do with Europe, yeah. we've yep. got. We cannot allow this to carry on. We cannot allow this man just to continue doing whatever he blooming well likes. And the fact that now all these innocent Europeans have died. I mean, I've I've got family in Holland. My my uh, my auntie married a Dutchman. Oh dear. And I I gather the Dutch are absolutely. I mean, clearly they're devastated yeah. because nearly 200 Dutch people died. Um, and apparently they're furious as well. Yep. Well, it would be very interesting to see what the Dutch decide to do because, of course, the Dutch are a nation of pacifists, aren't they? Mm. They don't like war. They don't yeah. like fighting. But apparently they are livid, absolutely mm. furious about this. Well, are the Dutch going to stand up and say, come on, we've got to take some action against this bloke? Yeah, if the Dutch say it, though, you know, it's, if, the, if the Dutch and the Malaysians get together, it still don't amount to much, does no, it? No, no, no. But if, surely we need the Dutch, we need the Americans, we need the whole of Europe yep. to stand up and take some kind of action against President Putin. From nine this morning, I'd like your views. How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You right, Kaz? No, no, don't put my coffee on the floor, I was joking. Now, this week, the big tour is in... I said something very rude about Kelly Betts, so it was obviously a joke. This week, the big tour in Stockfold is in Stockfold in Bedfordshire, where parents are getting tired of dragging their kids past a shiny new playground. The equipment's been up at Trinity Manor Park since March, but because it hasn't been signed off as safe, no-one's allowed to play on it. Well, Roy Beeson lives in Stockfold with his wife and two-year-old son. They've been building it for over a year now. Um, haven't seen anybody working on it in a number of months. Um, unfortunately, the uh, house next door, um, their two parents in there passed away, both looking at that out their window. And, yeah, it wasn't ideal. He's an engineer. He absolutely hated seeing that out his window. And even though he spoke to the developers over all that time, uh, there's nothing he could do to get them to take the fences down. Why can't it be finished? It looks like it's complete. The kids get in there all the time. Um, They're frequently opening up the fence. The developers come along and lock it back up again. Currently, they've lifted the fence up just in the far distance there, and you can see muddy footprints coming past our house here from some kids that have been playing in there in the rain. We've got a a child ourselves. He's just over two years old. He looks out the window, and he can't understand why he can't go and play there. It seems unprofessional. It seems incomplete. And we've seen some of the town council people come around. We assume they're town councillors. We've seen them with their high-vis jackets on, standing there pointing, but nothing ever seems to get done about it. Well, listening to that is the Mayor of Stockfold, Brian Collier. Morning, Brian. Morning, Ian. What exactly is the problem with this playground? Well, first of all, um, it needs to be signed over to us legally. As, as soon as it's signed over to us, we'd be absolutely delighted to have it opened. Why is it not being signed over, then? I believe... There's uh, a problem with the legal side between Persimmon and Central Beds Council. What does that mean? Uh, It it means their solicitors haven't got their fingers out. So you're you're laying the 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 cause of this squarely on the on the Persimmon's shoulders. The Bedfordshire Council are doing everything they can to get this sorted out. Persimmon and Central Beds Council. They never seem to be able to get their legal agreements sorted out before things are finished. This particular playground, it should have been opened over two years ago. 
and uh, central beds, planners and uh, enforcement team just haven't done their jobs properly by getting the developers and forcing the developers to get it finished so that it can be handed over. But, it, but it, the, the, park, the playground's finished, isn't it? It is. So it all is. it needs is, for, is for, for someone to sign it off? Exactly so. And that has to be done, I believe, by the central beds play officer who I, I know has been looking at it, but uh, looking at it is not quite good enough. So then, uh, then why isn't the Central Beds play officer signing it off? Good question. And I understand from what you've been saying earlier today that Central Beds don't want to make a comment online, on the phone line. No, they've, they've um, passed us back to Persimmon Homes. Yeah. Well, uh, I found out last week that one of the other problems in the original legal agreement with Persimmon Homes and Central Beds Council was that um, the agreement said that the play area would be passed to Central Beds Council, but they forgot to add in then to Stockfold Town Council. So the last thing we were told by Central Beds was that Persimmon are going to have to negotiate direct with Stockfold Town Council. So far we've heard nothing. Have you phoned them up? Constantly. And they don't, they don't get back? You're leaving messages? Well, our clerk speaks to people, but we get nowhere. But, frankly, that doesn't surprise me. Earlier today, um, one of the um, speakers did, did say about, I think it was Roy, who said about the second big play area that should be built. Yeah. That should already be there, but it isn't. And it's the same story. I can hear the frustration in your voice, Brian. Well, absolutely, because um, my own uh, grandchildren were some uh, weeks ago taken to the very same uh, play area and did have a play like other people did there. Um, it was their grandmother that took them, of course. Uh, I wouldn't be allowed to do that. You no, know. no. <laughs> oh, so hang on, your grandmother, your, sorry, your, your, your grandchildren... They have been and played there. They've been doing some illegal swinging? Oh, absolutely, yes. And that's the frustration. And it's the frustration of everybody there. And it's shared by the town council, because we are frustrated as well. Why can't someone just go there, take down that fence? If it's safe, if it's all completely safe, just go down there, cut the chains, take it down. If you went and did it, Brian, dressed up in your full mayor regalia, <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be the king of that area. They'd be putting you on their shoulders, dancing around. I dare say I would, but I think our clerk wouldn't allow me to do that. I mean, insurance has been mentioned, and you're quite right. And if any insurance broker out there... Uh, can say that they would give us insurance um, for something we don't own, then yeah. you know, we'd look at it. Uh, as far as insurance is concerned, as soon as it's transferred to us, one phone call from us to our insurers will get it added to our list. I mean, it, that itself is not a problem as soon as the site is transferred oh, to us. man. Uh, well, but Persimmon sent us a statement, but you know what? I'm not going to bother reading it. They should have come on. It, it doesn't really uh, advance the, the cause in any direction whatsoever. No, they just, if, if, if you're right, them and, and the, the council need to pull their finger out of their collectives and sort this out because it's summer and the kids want to go and play there. Absolutely. Of course they do. Brian, it's nice to talk to you. Mayor of Stockfold, Brian Collier, you can hear his frustration. His grandchildren have played in the park illegally. They've done some nefarious sliding, some illegal swinging. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
looking rather slow on the Great North Road, heading southbound just around the Black Cat roundabout as those roadworks continue there. The M1's looking very heavy as well, heading southbound between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. In Boreham, we're queuing at the moment on the A1, heading southbound just at Stirling Corner. And the M25 at the moment is queuing after an accident, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 16, the M40, and Junction 15, the M4. The M40 itself, London bound, very heavy moving between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and also Junction 1A for the M25. There's no reported problems or delays on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Just got to say, uh, we've had a, a tweet from Scott asking when the big tour is coming to Uxbridge. Uxbridge, I think, I think that's in Berkshire, yeah, isn't it? When's Uxbridge coming to Beds, Hearts or indeed Books? If we, if we can get uh, Uxbridge into the three counties, then it will definitely be on the list. Otherwise, jog on. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. It's been revealed that Hertfordshire County Council spent almost £6 million trying to get plans for an incinerator approved. The new Barnfield proposal was turned down by the government last week. David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of flight MH17 in Ukraine. In a statement this morning, President Putin says Russia is doing everything possible to allow a team of international experts to investigate the scene. And the Chief Executive of Hertfordshire-based Tesco, Philip Clark, is to step down in October. He'll be replaced by Dave Lewis, who's currently an executive at Unilever. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers are facing defeat on the final day of the second test against India at Lords. England resumed this morning on 105 for four, still needing another 214 to win. Under fire captain Alistair Cook is already out for 22, but England assistant coach Paul Farbrace is backing the former Bedford school skipper. He's our leader, he's our captain, um, he's got the full backing of everybody in our dressing room and uh, we want him to succeed. And uh, I think you saw today that you know, the people in the ground today genuinely wanted him to get runs and people are behind him, we're certainly behind him, it hasn't changed, nothing has changed for us and we want him to score runs first and foremost and want him to carry on as being our captain. He, he's a, a good captain, he's a good man, he's getting better with every game and, and we want him to do well. Rory McIlroy is the Open golf champion for the first time, he finished 17 under par at Hoylake to finish two shots clear of Sergio Garcia and Ricky Fowler. Despite starting 20th on the grid, Lewis Hamilton finished third in the German Grand Prix, but the Hertfordshire driver lost ground on teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg, who led from start to finish. To be starting from last, I didn't imagine that I'd be up on the podium, so I'm very grateful for, for the overall job uh, and, the, and the car. You know, The team have given us a great car. To be able to put in a performance like that is, uh, is just incredible, so I have to take my hat off to them. For the Milton Keynes Red Bull team, Sebastian Vettel was fourth and Daniel Ricciardo sixth. And in football, a goal from Mark Cullen and a Jake Howells penalty gave Luton a 2-0 win at Barnet in yesterday's pre-season friendly. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Email 3cr at bbc.co.uk BBC Three Counties Radio Uxbridge is in Middlesex. Just to clarify, it, and I, I, that's still not within the Beds, Hearts and Bucks uh, borders. So therefore, we cannot, we simply cannot send the big tour to Uxbridge. We, we, just, we just can't do that, Kelly. It would uh, be... Yes, it- uh, the station near them 
are doing a big tour, then they're talking. Well, they're BBC London. Are they not doing that? I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs. I've not listened to that, out, really. to that dull, lifeless radio station since they stopped offering me work there. Oh. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. This morning, boy, oh boy, we've had uh, a real humdinger of a show. Kelly, what have we been talking about? What can the guys call in about? Well, it's kind of a free house, really. For example, Glenn and Leighton Buzzard. Open house. Talk- it's kind of an open house. Free house really. is a pub. It's kind of an we open... We do not have house, the right really. to sell alcohol. It's kind of an open house, really. Uh, Glenn and Leighton Buzzard, for example, has called in about the moon. Glenn! Morning. I- I've heard a rumour that you want to talk about the moon. Is that true? Yes. That's nuts. Go on. Well, I just want to know what the listeners and your thoughts are. Uh, did we ever go to the moon? I've been lo- watching lots of hoax uh, moon oh, yeah. programs. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't think we ever went. Okay. That's my personal view. Based on the evidence uh, and oh. being a photographer, yeah. the, um, the pictures are not natural in, with, with, a, yeah. with yeah, one t- light source. They were taken on the moon. No, they weren't. Well, okay, so what evidence have you got that we, I, I we didn't land on the moon? I, know, I personally don't have evidence, but on the well, you evidence... Just said you, that, you just said you had evidence! No, 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 no. From watching TV programmes... Okay. The space, right. the space... No, no, no. I just, this is... You say this is an open forum, uh, and I just want to see Go what on. your views Go are and what the viewers' views are, because we've not been back to the moon since Apollo 20. Yeah. And I don't believe now, with the technology that we've got and the technology we had then, that it, it ever happened. OK, so give me some of the, the things that you've heard that, um, uh, that, that proved to you that we didn't go to the moon. Well, for instance, when they were landing the lunar module onto the moon, yeah. there was never a big crater where the rocket thrusters slowed the, the unit down. There was no dust or anything on the legs of the lunar module. Right. And when they were talking and moving cameras, it, the, 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 the movement of the cameras happened instantly. Yet, if you watch terrestrial TV with Sky TV, sorry about the name, uh, and switch over between ITV and 103, there is a delay. And right. that's only 23,000 miles away, yeah. that satellite. And whatever they were doing, uh, it happened instantly. And also, when that uh, craft took off the moon, yeah. who tilted the camera up and zoomed backwards? We never had that technology in the 60s to do that. Oh, blimey, he's ma- he makes a good point. I don't think we landed on the moon, Glenn. The, the space the space chutes were not radioactive uh, proof. They weren't radiation proof. It was an aluminium capsule. It couldn't have happened. We've never been outside. The, the space shuttle flew to the edge of space 400 miles and wouldn't go any further because of the risk of the high radiation. So it never happened. That's my point. That's my view, anyway. OK, but there, there's not radiation on the moon, is there? No, but there's a big radiation belt that circles the Earth, and it would fry you, apparently. And also, the film was never fogged. They film only... That, well, they hang on. They, you're talking, about the, of course, about the Van Allen belts, the Steve correct. Van Allen belts. That's uh, correct. The, 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 they only uh, passed through it for a very, very short period of time. Doesn't make no difference. They would still get... They would still suffer radiation. How do you know also, that? Well, only through, through documenta- documentations and documentaries on the TV. But also film, camera film, yep. is subject to X-rays... Yeah. And none of the film was fo- fogged when it came back. It would have been fogged before Blimey. it got there. And the exposures were too perfect. Blimey. 
You've, 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 you've got me in the, cor- in the corner here. You're, you're battering me and pounding me in the ring, Glenn. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right, well, uh, listen, I, I, I enjoy a little bit of a conspiracy theory. I, I tend to, to not believe hardly none of them, but uh, Glenn has got stats, facts and Ev there that proves conclusively once and for all we did not land on the moon. Or nearly went into a Savile then. You can't do can't that. can't do that anymore. I nearly did boys and girls. What do you think? I think we did land on the moon. So do I. But Glenn That's is... Ev then, isn't it? Well, no, well, no, well, listen, just because we've been brainwashed by the suits, by the, by, um, the media-controlled state... No, hang on, the state-controlled media... What difference does it make if we didn't? Well, it means that, it means that governments have lied to us. Well... We know that's happened. Well, yeah, exactly. But it means that one of the the crowning achievements of uh, humankind, the conquering brave new worlds, to boldly go where no man has gone before. To a rock with nothing on it. I don't think that was the part of the opening of Star Trek. It should have been. To a a planet with green ladies with three boobs who don't know what a kiss is until Mm. they meet Kirk. He really would kiss anything, wouldn't he? Captain, what is this kiss I hear you talk about? Let me show you. Is that what happens? Yeah. Uh, Star Trek, he's always snogging the alien um, he's, totty. He's always either snogging or in the sick bay. Or having a fight with Spock oh, yeah. when Spock turns evil every week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or going out with Spock and Wazowski and we know who ain't coming back. Yeah, exactly. Wazowski, put on the red top. I don't like the... Put it on. <laughs> Bye-bye, Wazowski. I've got to do my washing. No, you don't. Um... But, of course we landed on the moon, but Glenn has come up... This is the problem with conspiracy theories. Once you start hearing the Ev, the Ev, mm. there's not a lot the you Ev can do. The brackets, suggestions. My favourite uh, uh, conspiracy... Uh, my favourite story around that is read the Buzz Aldrin book. It's brilliant. He went... Uh, I was going to say he went nuts after landing on the moon. That's a terrible way of dealing with mental illness. He became an alcoholic and su- suffered severe depression. Well, how do you beat that? You don't beat that. And NASA kind of, like, phased him out of the whole thing uh, and he was never offered the chance to go into space again and anyway his book is fascinating really you know real he became a massive boozer he ended up becoming a used car salesman because he couldn't get a job uh, and he was a drunk and he was a used car salesman and they employed him because they could go we've got buzz aldrin and you know the buzz aldrin the second man on the moon selling cars couldn't sell a car to save his life anyway uh, a few years ago maybe about eight years ago he was approached in the lobby of a hotel. So he's in his 80s, in the lobby of a hotel by an Australian news team mm-hmm. saying, Buzz, Buzz, come on, why don't you admit it was all a conspiracy? You never went to the moon. What? Come on, come on. It, listen, it was a hoax. Well, and his wife is trying to separate them, right, saying, look, just back away. And I don't know if there's any film of it. I'll try and look it on YouTube. And this guy was going on, and Buzz Aldrin, in his late 70s, early 80s, just lamped him one in the face and sent him flying. How cool is that? I Listen, I don't condone violence, but if you're a man that's been to the moon and you're constantly being told you didn't, you're allowed to hit somebody. Been to the moon, it kind of was the peak of your life, yeah. which you could never get back ever again. Destroyed you, actually, when it came down to it, and then someone says it never happened. See, I don't buy... A lot of the conspiracy theories I don't buy. I believe... Uh, OK, the Twin Towers, I believe they were destroyed by about 10, 15 uh, Arab gentlemen who had learnt how to fly aeroplanes and, and hijacked aeroplanes. I don't believe it was the, the government. I don't believe it was the, the owner of the buildings. I don't believe there was uh, uh, explosives in the base of the... I don't believe any of that. Two planes hit two buildings, they collapsed. And we weren't expecting it. No, it was a surprise to everybody involved. Um, I do believe that Princess Diana was murdered. Sorry? I kind of said 
Oh. And you're, you're, and I think we, don't most people accept that she was murdered? I don't know. I'm not convinced it was an accident. Does that help? A little. Yeah, it does, it does a little. I lived, in, I lived in Paris the weeks after it happened. And Co- I know... Coincidence? No. I think not. <laughs> and they were putting out all kinds of witness appeals that we never heard about. Where's that Peugeot gone? Yeah. Where's the Peugeot? They were actually trying to track down all these white Peugeots and trying to take paint samples from them and stuff. I Suddenly that doesn't matter anymore. No. Girls? I don't think... Um, Jimi Hendrix choked on his own vomit. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, that's not conspiracy theory. Yes, it's just, it is. It's just, it, it I think he was killed. It was a set-up. By whom? Jim was, Morrison? Uh, like, people that worked for his record label. Why? They were, he was worth more to them dead than alive. But no-one knew that. No-one knew then the cult of the dead rock star. No, I think they did. Catherine, any sensible ones? <laughs> not really. Let's oh, have a look at the travel. That's sensible. Well, yeah, in two minutes' time when it's travel Wait, time. Wait, can, can you talk amongst yourself? Because I actually need to speak to travel about something. Oh, right. Before you get to her. Oh, You're yeah, not allowed okay. to listen. All right. All right, fine. Stay there. You don't have to listen. We're not. OK, you can if you want. David Luton sent us a text. Oh, dear. Was it, was it badly constructed English? Well said, Glenn. It never happened, and if it did, why hasn't it happened ever since? Well, it has happened since. So, in your face, Dave, people have been on the moon. Because we went to the flipping moon. Why, is, why do people not buy that nonsense? We landed on the moon. Oh, yeah, you've seen Capricorn 1, so you think, oh, hang on, I've seen Capricorn 1, maybe we didn't go on the moon. Well, we did, guys. Fact. That's that sorted. Yeah. We've also got a um, repeat message from Tony talking about how he drops an F-bomb to stop people swearing. All right, Tony, we read that one out. Thank no, you very much. No, he says, uh, oh. sorry about the um, sorry about the bad language in my last text. It was just bad asterisks. We don't know what he was saying. I hope that I've not offended anyone. A good F-bomb is dynamite if used in the right way and with the right tone. It's the way you say it. I'm not sure telling children not to effing, effing swear is the way forward. Whoa, Catherine, you nearly did a lockers and you, you nearly started... put yourself up for sack. Yes, I did. Which is what he's doing but at the moment. You know what I mean? I don't think that, that... I think that kind of undermines your argument. Can I just say a coded message to a colleague who I like? Lockers, delete your tweets. That's all, that's all, that's all I'm going to say. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1's looking rather heavy heading southbound between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. And in Brockborough, it's queuing at the moment on the A421 heading southbound just at Junction 13 for Bedford. We've had a call in from Mark saying it's looking very slow moving at the moment. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, queuing at the moment between Junction 16, the M40 and Junction 15, the M4. And also looking slow on the M40 heading northbound between Junction 1, the Denham Roundabout and Junction 1A for the M25. So far, taking a look at public transport, some delays of up to 20 minutes on Greater Anglia between Liverpool Street and Bishop Storford. That's due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.46, we're about to let the phone lines open to all you crazy conspiracy theorists. 08459 455 555. But before that, these are your headlines on Monday, the 21st of July. It's been revealed that Hertfordshire County Council spent almost £6 million trying to get plans for an incinerator approved. The new Barnfield proposal was turned down by the government last week. 
David Cameron will make a statement to MPs today about the diplomatic pressure on Russia to grant full access to the crash site of Flight MH17 in Ukraine. And the chief executive of Hertfordshire-based Tesco, Philip Clark, is to step down in October. Got a conspiracy theory? Wants to try and sell it to me? 08459 455 555. Before that, here's the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A bit of a grey start for some, but we should have some sunny periods to look forward to. A few isolated showers around, but certainly not as lively as the weekends. So uh, largely dry for most. It may even avoid those showers altogether. We're looking at highs of 24 or 5 degrees Celsius. And then clear spells tonight with cloud building from the east in the early hours of the morning and lows of 15 degrees Celsius. And tomorrow, a bit of a cloudy start for some, but we should have long sunny periods with highs of 24 or 5 degrees again. And on Wednesday a few showers intermingled with sunny spells but the temperatures rising Thursday a much hotter humid day with a risk of thundery showers and then just a showery day on Friday that's your latest forecast Now I'm not normally one to talk about myself but on Friday night I might make an exception and the station I think when I launched it I knew that it was going to sound pretty good well I'm allowed this time I'm celebrating 50 years of broadcasting Caroline South Tony Blackburn here with you tune to Radio Caroline on 199 Wonderful Miguel The happy sound of Radio 1 Join me and relive some of my 50 years it's not just me waffling on about me I'll have some great music too he's a 24-7 broadcaster and he will go on forever. 50 years of me Friday night from 7 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Number one. Tony who? Uh, Dave's on the line. Morning Dave. Good morning. You've been on already? No, no, is there a conspiracy between you Chichu going against me? Chichu? You against me a conspiracy? There's no conspiracy Dave I can't stand you. No. Well, I can't stand you, so that makes the two of us, really, doesn't it? It makes, it right. makes yes, a relationship before, of hatred. Just before the news... Yes, Dave. Kath, our lovely Catherine oh, said so. to you, oh, we've got a text here yeah. from Dave. Yeah, yes. Uh, Dave Luton. Yes. You went, oh, blimey. Hope, uh, I can't actually remember the... No, you can't, you can said. you? No, no. no. What, do you, what do you think and I said? I thought, what do you think... I, hang on, what did you think I said? I hope he's put it into English manner. Or is it that way, wording? I hope he's put it into an English manner. Yeah. Yeah, to the manner born. Yeah. But, um... No. I know he was meaning. He was meaning me. Yes, well, we were talking about you, yes. I didn't send that text. Okay. So... So it probably was in English manner, then. Yeah, so... You stopped the conspiracy. There's no conspiracy... I don't... Okay. What does conspiracy mean, Dave Luton? Well... You're having a, cons- uh, um, a kind of a dig at me. That's not a conspiracy. Isn't it? No. What do you well, think a conspiracy is? Will you tell me? No, you tell me, because you think no, I'm you having a... Con- no, you think I'm having a conspiracy about you, but you don't well, know what it is. It's, it's like every morning, you know... There is, no I, con- there is no conspiracy. The conspiracy would be... Oh, dear, here we go again. Yeah, here we go. You've asked a question. You can get an answer. You might learn something here, love. The conspiracy yeah, don't is... Don't call me love. Conspiracy would be if I pretended to like you... Yeah. ..but was trying to get rid of you. You know, oh. get you off the air, bump you off, have you murdered. Oh, oh really? Now, 
I well, make I could, it... do that, I could do that conspiracy against you, couldn't I? All right, well, we've recorded oh. that now, mate, so if I die, yeah. you'll be serving 25 years. No, I won't, no, you, I won't. Well, we've got, we've got a clip if... of you saying you want to murder me. Yeah, but everyone will be cheering. My, Everyone will be cheering. My, my two little boys will be cheering, Dave, if you murdered me. A four and a two-year-old. Really? No, we'd, no, How we'd cold is that? How sick no, are you? No, we'd How look cold? after them. You'd look after them, would you, Eck? Yeah. You go nowhere near my kids if I get yeah. murdered by you. Now! OK. There is... I've got to go because I'm... I'm not... All right, then, fine. Justin, I mean, really. Mm, morning, boss. What are you eating? Uh, well, about to eat a trifle. What? Yes. Really? I've got a trifle with oh, me. Beautiful. You've been talking about trifles this morning, you yeah. muppet. No, you don't have cakey in a trifle. Really? You don't. No. No, nope. you're wrong. Go on. I've been getting the word on the street. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm very ready. OK, let's take a listen, shall we? All right. Carmel, yeah, here I have my lovely half-price trifle. Ian Lee, back in our studio, claims that you should never have cake or sponge in a trifle. Is he a muppet, yes or no? Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sorry, boss. You're wrong. Is that it? Mm. <laughs> I was sat back. There's me sat back expecting a long old thing. You went up to one woman mm. and you got a no. She is the uh, spokesperson for uh, trifles. Maybe, it's, maybe it's jelly you're not supposed to have in a trifle. No, listen, I've got a trifle here. So, so explain your beef to me. You've been moaning about this all morning, haven't you? Yeah, I have been moaning about it. So what's your beef? You're not supposed... Listen, have you just bought, like, a cheapy tr- trifle from the supermarket? Yes. Well, that's not a real trifle. To start well, with. it is. Well, it, it says not. strawberry trifle. OK. Well, Serves that's... four people. Yeah, OK. Well, well, uh, it... 225 calories, uh, 11.7 grams of fat, 7.7 G saturated, sugars 200... 24.8, salt 0.2 grams. Why would you put salt in a trifle? I don't know. Only 0.2 grams, though. Now, is that 225 calories per, per helping or per, for the whole Ooh, trifle? I presume that's uh, per serving. Well, it serves not... four people. That's not a real trifle, then, because it should be at least five times that. No, this is a healthy trifle. Oh, for... This is the year 2014, Mate, boss. Come you, on, you're wake making... up. There's no such thing as a healthy trifle. You're making stuff up. No. Shall I open it up? Yeah. Well, you can bring it back here and we can eat it. Uh, well, yeah. sorry, but you're not going to get an invite to this party. I'll tell you why. All right, all right, Let me... <laughs> Easy. Uh, let's just go through this trifle. Shall I uh, go through my layers with you, live on air? Let's do this, shall we? Yeah, let's, let's do yes, this stuff. Yeah, okay. okay, right. Oh, I've got cream all over me. Okay. <laughs> it's not that good, is it? Why would you mess a trifle up with strawberries at the bottom, anyway? So we've got jelly, we've got sponge, we've got custard, and we've got cream. A proper trifle. All right, and what's at the bottom? Mmm. Horrible fruit. Right. So what? So fruit's at the bottom. So we've got, look, OK, we've got jelly. No, 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 hang no. On, hang on. What's at the bottom? Jelly with fruit in it. Right, so what's at the, what's the, the very, what's the base of that trifle? Uh, the base of the trifle, well, there's not actually any base here. Well, there's got to be something. You're saying no. it's an infinite trifle. You're there's talking got to about be something. You're saying there should no, be no, 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 no. I just said, I'm asking you. That trifle you've got there. Yes. You've told me it's a trifle. It says trifle on there. Yes. What is at the base of that trifle? What's the bottom thing? If Jelly. You to put, ladies and gentlemen, I rest my cases outside your front door. I'm staying for the week, baby. You just said earlier on there should be no sponge in a trifle, no cake. And there's or no sponge, sponge or no, cake. There in... is. There is. Look. Where? Okay. Jelly. I can't look. It's like talking to my son. I can't Jelly. look. Justin. This is on the. Jelly. Jelly, sponge, custard, cream. A proper trifle. Well, hang on a minute, because I've been told by the experts here Mm. that the proper trifle should have the cakey at the bottom, mate. No, that's wrong. That is wrong. But but you were saying there should be no cake full stop. I'm correct. No, you're wrong. Because there's cake and sponge in here. Jelly, sponge, custard, cream. 
Thank you very much. Goodbye, Justin. Bye. We're going for prisoners in a bit. You coming? Yes. See you now. Did I just go out on the radio? Yeah. Be plenty not more just of, in our heads. There'll be plenty more of that between four and seven this evening. Mm. Not here, not here. In another parallel universe. Oh, How do you spell Tiff? Sorry? How do you spell Tiff? T-I-F-F. Like, that's like an argument. What are you showing me a picture of? That's the trifle I'm going to make. Bring it in. You're going to make it for tomorrow? Yeah. Bring it. Trifle Tiff, is that what you're saying, Kels? Yeah. Why? I'm calling, that's what our show will be called on the iPlayer. Okay. Anyone wants to go and listen back? We didn't get the conspiracy theorists calling in, which is a shame, because I like those, those nut jobs. Or maybe we did and we didn't let them on, because we're the BBC. We're the media. We're the media. Yeah. They're all sat there in their tinfoil hats and their pants. In a cage. Yeah, because um, so they can't have their brainwaves read by the aliens. That stuff is nuts. There's people that spend all of their time on um, uh, YouTube and David Icke's website reading all of I mean, we've spent a bit... Uh, quite often after the show, uh, I will put forward one ridiculous theory about, you know, one of Britain's most loved entertainers or about, a, a, you know, a disaster that happened or something like that. And then we'll look it up on, on YouTube. Yeah, and there'll be a documentary, homemade <laughs> documentary, made by someone who believes the same thing, showing us Ev after Ev. <laughs> Why do these people who, who believe this stuff about Bren's most loved entertainers not have access to good ed- video editing software? That's the thing. Too, pa- I, too passionate. I would be more inclined to believe them if it, th- they had uh, production values involved. Maybe their access to good quality video equipment is being restricted by the, the man. The media. The uh, what, what is it? It's, it's the, the, uh, the, the Jewish-run media. That's a big one. Uh, the gay mafia that runs the media. Um, the... <laughs> Sorry? Sorry, I'm just writing up the page for... Okay. Reporter Justin is live with a trifle. Okay, well, that's... Uh, that's that, fact. That's fact. Um, yeah. Who I've, had, I've had people... Oh, the feminist conspiracy. Feminist conspiracy. Yeah. I've had people say, oh, yeah, ah, well, ah, yeah, but you work for the... You work for the... You're the media. So that's the end of the argument. Well, but, yeah, but hang on, there's no, no point, does my... After each show, or before each show, does my boss call me and say, Ian, now, listen, there's a story about um, that we know uh, that one of Britain's best-loved entertainers is a paedophile. You're not allowed to mention it now. And, and they sh- they, I don't know, have a list of names on a sheet of paper that I'm not allowed to mention. No, but you would say that, wouldn't you? Oh, you got me! But I'm not... But I'm saying it, but I'm, me- I'm genuine when I'm well, saying it. Well, you don't it. get called into those meetings, but perhaps I do. you do. get called into those me- Are you part of the media? No, I don't think so. I think I am part of the media, but I don't get... I'm not privy to those meetings. The front page of the Express, OK, right, so mm. there's, there's the, the front page of the Mail, PM will freeze Russian, Russian billions. The front page of the Telegraph, MH17. Uh, the front page of the Sun, Putin. Uh, the front page of the Independent, Palestine. Front page of the Times, the, uh, the Russia. Front page of the Express, how to boost your pension. Do Express readers... I, I, I'm assuming that Express readers aren't interested in news. No. News is... Front page, how to boost your pension. New rules will help 18 million, pa- uh, 18 million people. Millions of hard-working Britons are set for, for a pensions boost with the most radical changes in a century. And then there's a picture of the boy king. What boy king? The uh, uh, George Podgy. Oh, George, who's one? Happy birthday, George. Is he one? And it, and it flown past quickly that year. I remember when he was... Um, I remember when he was born. Do you remember when he was born? Oh, yeah. He was born and stuff and... Um, People were celebrating. It was last year. Conspiracy texts just come in. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
we're not going to have time to do it, but they're going to think we're doing it on purpose. Go on. Stephen Aylesbury, re-landing on the moon. One thing that makes a conspiracy theory fall down is Apollo 13. When going to the moon, they had oxygen tanks blow out and needed the moon's gravity to pull to throw them back to Earth. They would have gone through the microwaves he was talking about and would have returned OK. If you hadn't been going to NASA in Florida, you will believe that these facts are right in front of your nose, Stephen Aylesbury. But it's not fact, is it? Monica, throughout the 80s, bin Laden was armed by the CIA and funded by the Saudis to wage jihad against the Russian occupation of Afghanistan. That's true. Al-Qaeda, literally the database, I think it's the base, was originally a computer file of the thousands of Mujahideen who were recruited and trained with the help of the CIA to defeat the Russians. No way 9-11 was just some Arabs who flew into the Twin Towers from Monica. Well, some of that was true, but just let's just end on a positive note. Can we? Can we? Yay, Prince George, Christian and they. Yeah, why not? Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, very heavy moving on the speed sensors between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. In Barbara, the A421 heading southbound, queuing at the moment at Junction 13 for Bedford. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, that's queuing as well, between Junction 16, the M40, and Junction 15 for the M4 after an accident. Take a look at the trains and delays on Greater Anglia um, out of Liverpool Street and Bishop Storford. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola- thank you very much hey a new podcast was posted online on Friday you can get it at the Three Counties website or on iTunes JBS is up next for me Kelly Catherine and Just we'll be back here tomorrow at 6 ta-ta local and vocal across beds hearts and bucks this is BBC Three Counties Radio thank you Ian good morning welcome to the JBS show I'm Jonathan Vernon Smith it's Monday it's 9 o'clock and on today's big phone in 